Hey guys, brand new BirdCast. This is the last BirdCast I'll be doing from my hotel room because I am heading home on Saturday. I'm so excited. And we are starting our tour October 7th. I'll be in Salt Lake City. October 8th, I'm going to be in Grand Junction, Colorado. October 9th, I'll be in Colorado Springs. October 12th, Prescott, Arizona. October 13th, Santa Fe, New Mexico. And then the 15th, something special is happening. Mark your calendars. I can't mention it. It's going to be big. Shout out to Tommy Buns. On the 16th, I'm going to be in Houston, Texas. 17th, San Antonio, Texas. 18th, Dallas-Fort Worth. St. Louis on the 20th. Toledo on the 21st. Cleveland on the 22nd. And Illinois on the 23rd. Hoffman Estates. It is a North American drive-in movie theater tour. Uh, Make sure to check the local uh, laws in your city based on COVID. I'm in Macon, Georgia. I am coming home Saturday. I'm super excited. Three weeks until our new podcast studio is unveiled. So three more weeks of podcasts via Zoom. And then we are in person in the new podcast studio. I can't fucking wait. I wish these guys on this week's podcast had been there. Today's podcast is with this dude, Sam Talent. Sam Talent. Oh, by the way, I should probably talk about where I am and what I'm doing because we can announce it now. I am doing a new show on TBS called The Go Big Show. Uh, It's with me, Rosario Dawson, Cody Rhodes, Jennifer Jennifer Nettles, and Snoop Doggy Dog. And uh, it has been a blast. That's why where I've been quarantined, I haven't been able to talk about it because they didn't want to talk about it before the press. I think I might have mentioned it a couple different places before. But anyway, that's where I've been. It's been a lot of fucking fun. It's been a lot of fun. I've had a blast. I've worked out hard every day. Today, I ran three miles. I've, I've run at least wonder how many miles I've run while I've been here. Let's just check real quick. By the way, I miss, I miss, I really want to, when we get back to the studio, I want to bring back open tabs because man, I have found some cool shit online. I miss, uh, I miss being in person with podcasts. I really do. I cannot wait. Um, all right, let's just take a look at my activity and see how much I've run in this past. Okay. 25 miles this week. Okay. 26 miles last week and 30 miles the week before. So I've run almost a hundred miles. Um, not even close really almost I'll run a hundred miles by the time I'm, I'm through this quarantine, um, through this TV show. So I've had a fucking, I've had a great time. We've had access to the gym. There's a great parking lot out there that I walk. I take a, have a coffee in the morning and I drink my coffee and I write jokes. I haven't written that many jokes, but I have, um, anyway, So, um, so yeah, so this week's podcast is a really great one. It's with Doug Stanhope, Sam Talent, and Shane Gillis. Shane happens to be partying with Doug this weekend. He was on the podcast last week, I think. And so he just sits down. We bullshit. We talk comedy. We talk comedy. We first and foremost, we talk about Sam Talent's book. It's called running the light. This is in my opinion, and I'm a professional comedian. I've been doing this 22 years, 22 years this November professionally. This is the best book I've ever read about stand-up comedy in my life. I'm not the one who came up with that idea of how great this book is. Doug Stanhope is. Doug Stanhope hit me up uh, and said, yo, you got to read this book. I'm in quarantine. I'm not drinking at the time. I start reading this book and it starts in Amarillo. That was just, I had, that was a place I could go four times a year. And it starts there and it starts with this character and it's a dude who's been on the road way too long. And it, it, 
and a guy who had some success in his career and now doesn't. And it is, it is an amazing story that tracks basically a week in his life. And it, it is so, it is written so real and so connected to the lifestyle and, and the, the mindset and, it, it, it it's eerie. It was really eerie reading this book because I thought that was me minus the cocaine, uh, really, but maybe sometimes other drugs and, and maybe, and, and definitely booze. I mean, it, it's, and it wasn't me to a T, but God damn it. If you don't recognize parts of your life in this book as a comic, as a comic, if you're a comedy fan, like you're going to love this book. It is so it's fucking brilliantly written. It really is brilliantly written. Sam is an amazing writer. He's an amazing comedian, but he is an amazing writer. And he wrote one fucking hell of a book that I read in like two days. It's called Running the Light. You should get this book. Definitely get this book. We talk about this book. Um, we talk about the writing of this book, who we'd cast in this book. We talk about that a lot with Stanhope because Stanhope is the one that introduced me to this book. And then Shane comes over. And we talk about um, <clears throat> we talk about uh, just comedy, like just fucking goofing off and Big J and jokes and and it's just it's a great podcast. It's like a great hang. And I got jealous that I wasn't there at Stanhope's because they're all Stanhope's. They're all partying, having a good time, and just hanging out and bullshitting, and probably walking, watching hockey, and definitely watching football. And uh, and. Uh, it's it was it's a really great podcast. It's just a great fun podcast, and and like I said, the whole point of this podcast is to promote this book, Running the Light by Sam Talent. Go to samtalent.com to get a copy. I got mine on Amazon. Don't go on Amazon. He doesn't make enough enough money off Amazon. Go to sam samtalent.com to get a copy. He's going to do an audio book. Me, Mark Norman, Ari, Doug, a, a lot of people are going to read a chapter, and I'm reading Monday. Billy Ray Schaefer stepped off the plane in Amarillo, Texas. Motherfucker. If I have not been there before a million, I mean, just the fucking, it's, you know, it's a, it's really amazing. It's really, really, really amazing to read a book like this. And I I wish that there was a book like this for everyone's occupation. You know, I bet it's crazy, but I bet for a lot of like FBI guys, they read some of those FBI books and they're like, oh yeah, that, that is what it's like. We've never had that in comedy of like, shit, you know, I wish that it's such a great book. You're going to love it. Please get it. Without further ado, today's podcast, Doug Stanhope, Sam Talent, and Shane Gillis. Hello, Bert. Hey, Bert. How are you guys doing? Good. Fucking uh, bandwagon jumper right there. Now you got. You've always been Tampa. Yeah, I've always been Tampa. Or back when Doug Williams wasn't popular, and they yelled the N word at him when I was a kid. <laughs> Those jerseys were great back then. Those white and white and creamsicle. Yeah, creamsicle. Yeah. Best sports uniform of all time. Worst team of all time. Mm-hmm. 0-26. Oh, wait, what are you doing there? 
And you know who they won their first game against? The Saints after losing 26 straight games. Brutal. Hold on. What's up, Bert? Give me one sec. Wait, are you on the road somewhere? Dude, I'm in Macon, fucking Georgia. Well, save it, save it. <clears throat> Fuck. They've got to do a COVID test on me. Who does? The state of Georgia? Save yeah. it. Uh, no, no, no. This TV show. I'm doing a TV show. I can actually talk about it now. Are you ready to start? Yeah. yeah. Are we good? We're good. Um, wait, Sam, what are you doing down? What are you doing with Doug? Uh, I came down here because Shane Gillis is here. So we came down to uh, double team and bully Doug. <laughs> Shane, I just did a podcast with Shane like a week ago. Yeah, I know. He won't quit bragging about it. He's on a date with a woman he, quote, doesn't have feelings for, even though he woke up at like 930 to go with her. So he's fibbing. Really? Oh, yeah. Jesus. After And we went what hard up? last night. I bet you did. I went hard last night. I've been uh, I've, I didn't been I didn't drink for like 15 days here and then I was like what the fuck am I doing? I'm by myself in a hotel in Macon, Georgia. What am I saying? Who am I saying sober for? So I'm back. I'm back. You know what? Can I tell you? Honestly, it was so hard to read your book and not drink. Yeah, I bet, man. <laughs> God damn. It was not so difficult. I I read your book when I wasn't drinking. Man, that fucked that book fucked with my head on so many fucking levels. I'm glad, man. I'm glad it uh, drove you to drink and made you feel bad. <laughs> what I want there's so much I want to talk about this book so badly the entire interview. Yeah. How tall how tall was the character that you wrote about? Great. That's a good question. I think he's 6'3. Billy Ray Schaefer. Yeah. 6'3. Six, six, um How like how funny do you think Billy Ray Schaefer would have been for us? Like, would we have liked him, or would we have disliked his act? I think you would have uh, not wanted to be on a show with him because that meant that your entire career was on fire. But yeah. uh, I bet he's a great green room hang. His act, I don't know. I think his act is uh, him trying to survive and get to the point where he can sell T-shirts. I think he's a guy that still has a good act and doesn't close on a fifteen-minute T-shirt pitch. So that's good. Can I tell you, I was always, I was always, I wanted him to murder every time he got on stage. I wanted him to, I want, I wanted him to drop anything that was new. Don't take any chances. Just go up there and crush with a tried and true material. (laughs) This fucked with my head so much because it was so much how I feel about myself at times. (laughs) Like it was like how, like. I, I can't imagine that Billy Ray Schaefer is a comic you would have liked, but you spent an entire time writing a book about him. Yeah, I mean, it's that guy that I don't want to turn into, man. He, he's a cautionary tale. Uh, you know, you realize, I mean, Doug, do you, feel like, do you feel like you were this close to turning into Billy Ray Schaefer? I, I, I found myself finding uh, places where I wasn't him to prove that it was okay. Like, I don't wear cowboy boots. So it can't be me. <laughs> I don't do that much coke. <laughs> yeah, the coke man, the fucking. I, I I just saw Ron White before he got famous. 
Because that was that's, I couldn't stop thinking. Ron White, Jay Medicine Hat, uh, fucking um, uh, John Fox. I couldn't stop thinking of certain people where I was like, Ron White could have been this dude for real. Yeah. Ron White kind of was that dude. He he had quit comedy basically when he got blue collar comedy tour. But he was running the same act for 20 years, just popping into fucking Oklahoma City. And uh, good. There's also a bunch of Troy Baxley in that book. Do you know Baxley? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's just like every one of us knows 10 of those guys that uh, had it and then blew it or never had it and now is just furious and is on their like fourth wife and uh, has a ketamine problem. There's just so many of those dudes out there, man. It was, you know, it, it, well, you know what really fucked with my head is the book opens in Amarillo. And if I had ever been that guy, it was every time I was in Amarillo. <laughs> did you ever do the Moran's Club? No, I did not. No. Kelly, Kevin, and Kenny Moran owned a club. So Kelly Moran was the piano player for the comedy store for like a long time. And then he went on the road, started doing the road. And I was at Laughs Unlimited, by the way, another place that fucking Billy Ray Schaefer would have murdered in. I was in Laughs Unlimited and I was featuring for Kelly Moran. And, and, and he said, I'm having a hard time following him. And then he said to the manager, you should headline him. And she was like, Oh, we don't headline people that aren't headliners. And, uh, he was like, well, he's funny as shit. She goes, yeah, but he needs to be a headliner somewhere else before he headlines here. And he goes, hey, I got a club in Amarillo. What are you doing next week? And I said, nothing. And he goes, do you want to headline it? And I went, yeah. And he looked at her and he goes, now he's a headliner. Book him as a headliner. And she went, and I was like, I left and I was like, are you being serious? He's like, I'm being 100% serious. I get there and find out his whole family has a horrific drug problem. <laughs> like, like not, I mean, his one brother... I think they're all dead right now, sadly. But like his one brother picks me up and is so addicted to pills. He's got a, a bad hand, a hand that he, he fell and his hand no longer works. So he holds a 100 Marlboro in it and is so high that as he drives and holds on the steering wheel, he's combing his hair with the other hand. <laughs> and I'm just like, holy shit. And that Amarillo falls with my head because every time I've been in Amarillo, I feel like I'm at the bottom of my career. I feel like those <laughs> flights into Amarillo where you're making, you make $900 for the whole weekend. They, they didn't give a fuck what you said on stage. Boy, you can say the N word, but they said the N word, you know, you can say the N word. You can say anything about Mexicans, gays. I don't care. I want to hear all of it. But if I hear one GD, I'm pulling you off that fucking stage. And you're like, <laughs> Yeah, man. It's I was even like, worse I was such an idiot. What's that? If if you search after the podcast, search Doug Stanhope Amarillo Comedy Club. Uh, yeah, we we got into a beef years back. I oh, did you take away? Yeah, because they they sent an email going, "Hey, we want to book you, but we're not going through your fucking Jew kike fucking manager, who's I think." Wait, this is this is the this is the guys, Doug. Yeah. The, yeah, I remember this. I remember there because I got there and they're like, you know, Doug Stanhope. And I was like, yeah, I do. And they're like, boy. And they went on a tear. 
<laughs> I had, yeah, I guess I had uh, news trucks down at their comedy club getting comments on their blatant racism and sexism. <laughs> that must have sold some tickets. If they heard that was going on in there, they're like, oh, cool. I want to be a part of that. Uh, Dude, it's I even worse in the book because he like gets to Amarillo and then he gets picked up from the airport and has to go to Tucum Carry. He's not even allowed to appear in Amarillo. No, oh, it, I, that, that was the first thing that struck. What was your, like, did you do your read yet, Bert? Bert? I haven't done my read yet. I've been, I've been working every single day. I'm going to do my read. I've been, by the way, reading copy on prompter. So you're very lucky that you're getting this Bert who can actually read out loud. Your tongue's lubed up and ready to go. My tongue's lubed up. Okay. So what was your intent in writing the book? Like there had to be, cause I feel like you wrote it for me. Like, I don't feel like you wrote it for everyone. I feel like you wrote it for me and for Doug. Maybe Jeff Tate deserves to read it. Like, yeah. I don't feel like, like I, I wanted to send it to Segura, but I'm afraid Segura never, like he reads that and he goes, oh yeah, that guy's a loser. And I'm like, oh no, he's not a loser. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, I wrote it because I, my wife did her first two years in, of med school in Las Vegas and Las Vegas is a godless hellhole. So uh, I didn't have any friends there and it was too hot to go outside. So I just sat down and wrote a book. And uh, the intent was to not be laughed out of the room when anyone read the book. But I did write it for you, man. I wrote it for comics. And I, I'm glad that comics have adopted it and are helping the book sell. I feel like, do you, do you feel like, do you feel like we're lucky because we got that book, that we understood that book and that book resonated with us? Or do you feel like, or do you feel like there's something broken in us that, that we connect with Billy Ray Schaefer in some kind of way? Me or Doug? Doug, Doug, Doug. Oh, yeah. oh shit. I thought you were talking to him. Uh, I think this book is going to be when, when 10 years, 20 years from now, I think when people start doing stand-up comedy, that's going to be one of the first things. Did you read Running the Light? <laughs> I, yeah. I think it's going to be you know, the, uh, a fear and loathing of the comic set, if nothing else. I think it can save people a lot of time, like open micers. If they're like, oh, this is the life you want, and then you read that. And you're just, oh, I'm, I'm going to stay in school and manage a radio shack. Yeah. I think the I, opposite. I, I think people are going to, like, think it's cool. I think you're going to actually steer some people down the wrong path. Oh, this is going to be the siren call that drags them on the rocks? Yeah, the same <laughs> way fear and loathing makes it seem cool to do ecstasy at the circus circus. I mean, I'm glad that Billy Ray Schaefer is still having three ways. And, like, as unwoke as he is, he still lets a guy suck his dick. And I think that's cool. I think that's redeeming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're from Florida, man. All those fucking swingers that are always trying to bang comedians at every show in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a phenomenon. And if, if you're trying to have weird sex with old people, comedy is probably the most direct route to that. <laughs> I, remember, I remember we had a friend. We had a friend who we used to go to the swingers clubs. It was, a, uh, it was like a house. You go to the house. And then you could go there and you could fuck everyone's wife. And, and I remember he was telling... Like, I had two groups of friends growing up. I had the ones who were, did coke and partied and, and were like, bat, like, you know, the bad kids. And then I had a group that were like meatheads, like, that still are meatheads that, you know, fucking are in Trump boat parades, you know? So, so I remember one of the guys, one of the dirtbags was telling the story and he, and he sa- ends up saying, and then all of a sudden, it's, 
her husband's just sucking my dick and I'm fucking eating her. And all my meathead friends are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you fucking gay? And then he was trying to justify it going like, listen, man, I got to fuck his wife. I'm going to let him suck my dick. And I remember being on the fence going, I feel for both of you right now. I feel like a centrist. <laughs> I think you're, uh, I think you're more straight. If you love pussy so much that you'll let a guy blow you just for a taste of pussy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that guy, man. <laughs> Let's cast this movie. I'm curious who we cast in this movie. Because okay. we're going to sell it as a movie. We're going to make this. Who do we cast? <clears throat> hmm. My go-to every time is John C. Riley. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think he'd be good. He's like he's six really- foot two. Um, he has comedic timing. And he also looks haggard and can be disgusting. Um. I mean, it'd be cool to have, like, a comedian do it, but uh, I don't know any huge comedians. I don't either. Well, I know who's me? not going to do it, Norm MacDonald. Yeah, man, I can't <laughs> get Norm to read this fucking book. <laughs> Are you serious? Well, I had to do the – my read was uh, Saturday night, and uh, there's a lot of Norm MacDonald in it. So none of us can do a, a consistent Norm MacDonald impression, and we couldn't get a hold of Norm to just read his parts. Yeah, and then my Norm was shit. And Shane refused to because he power moved me because he wanted a thousand dollars a word. So <laughs> Shane's in the room, fresh from a hot day. Stick your face in. Did you get? Did you? Who? Who's the chick, Shane? She's this like runaway. The judge's daughter. No one. No one. This is <laughs> false. a runaway. A seventeen-year-old runaway. <laughs> yeah. He gave her a shower and a hot cup of coffee. Not seventeen, dude. Shout out, LA. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who would you cast as Billy Ray? I was, um, I pictured the big Lebowski. Yeah. Yeah. I made made crazy crazy heart. I I saw a big, I saw a big early, like, I I don't know. I, I, I do that when I read a book, I, I cast the characters, his son, um, his son was Daniel Tosh. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that's great. I only because it's lanky and wide, and I figured that was Tosh, but a young Tosh, not not the one he is now. Um, that's the beauty I'm, of Tosh. I, Whatever blood pact he made has kept him young. I think it's just implants. Is <laughs> 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 he's got great fucking hair? Whatever happened to fucking Daniel Tosh? Hey, I think his last season starts this week. On Tosh.0, I just read that in the paper. Yeah, I think he's busy counting money. He is. I mean, I, I mean, that's. I guess that's the goal. But like, God damn it, man, he he hasn't done any specials, and he is one one of the funniest dudes alive. Like, w- without a doubt, one of the funniest human beings to work with on the road. And he was a legit road dog. No booze, no drugs. No, I don't even really think pussy. To be honest with you, I think gambling was his thing. Interesting. I mean, I, if we if I did this movie, I would want to do it with just comedians. That would be the best way to do it. Uh, yeah. Doug texted Roseanne to try and get her to read her part, but we yeah. haven't we haven't heard back. That was a nice oh. little that was a nice little break in the book, by the way. I I also wanted pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are all Denver people. Those are all the old people that I learned from. So I was glad to get them in there. Yeah. Who would you? Who, what real comics would you recast, would have another comic play? Like, 
Like Rick Kearns. Who would you have play Rick Kearns if he yeah. was unavailable to act? I don't want Kearns on camera because <laughs> <laughs> he would he would make people he'd make the camera explode. Uh, I'd have you play Kearns, man. <laughs> That'd be cool to get you to do Kearns. Yeah, I could put on I could put on the uh, extra weight like uh, De Niro and Raging Bull. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll get you. I, I got so longing for uh, for Denver that I texted Wendy. <laughs> I was like reading and I was like, God damn it, man! I haven't talked to Wendy in a while. I texted Wendy. I was like, How you doing? And she was like, oh, I'm good. Um, do your Cap City's closing? Yeah. yeah. What the that fuck? Was my only just moved there. What's that? Rogan, Rogan just moved there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll land on his feet. <laughs> <laughs> you, you think that place might reopen? Is what you're saying? Uh, yeah. I have a feeling he'll just pay for it to stay open. Or maybe buy it? Or I mean, knowing Joe, the way his brain works, he'd just give them $100,000 and go, hey, can you just stay open for a couple months? And they'd be like, I, hey, I want to perform stuff. there, but I don't want to hire bartenders. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy has the book, and I'm afraid of what she's going to say about it. Why? You don't think Wendy's going to like it? Uh, I just I, I, I talk about the fact that she may or may not have had some work done on her face, and I don't want it to read as uh, rude. Because oh, it was complimentary. It. Yeah. If she gets that far through the book and turns on you because you've mentioned a facelift. No, Wendy's not. Who plays Wendy? I know who did. Uh, Tracy, Chaley's Tracy, she read Wendy in the book yeah. yesterday. Oh, really? Who would, so who, who would play Wendy? Uh, 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 um, who's fucking three art? Who's the, who's the dude from Three Arts ex wife? Oh, Felicia Michaels. Felicia Michaels. Good call. Or Sybil. Sybil. Uh, what's her what's her fucking name? Murphy Brown, Sybil Shepherd. Sybil Shepherd. Sybil, Ooh, that's Sybil a good Shepherd. One. Was she like ninety now? Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's another slap in the face for Wendy. <laughs> like, let's get that dead woman. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Damn. Um, what I you know who's who bro- who, who broke my heart? I mean, you can't. I can't tell you how fucking emotionally attached I was to this book. Like Thanks, I, I, it put me in a, it put me in a bad mood at times and I'm on set and people are like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm reading this fucking book. And they're like, well, why are you reading it? If it's putting you in a bad mood. And I was like, it's, it's almost like reading 280 pages of yourself almost getting hit by a train. You're like, <laughs> the whole time I'm like, God damn it. I was there. Oh fuck. I was there. Uh, <laughs> I kept going, stop drinking and driving, man. You're going to get in trouble. Stop drinking and driving. This is something we had to learn on the road. And I'm like, you need to learn this. We can't do this. When you get those rental cars, you can't be drunk, man. (laughs) Yeah, I did find myself babysitting in my head a lot. (laughs) Yeah, the whole time I'm like, I'm like, don't, okay, do not walk out of that fucking Qantas meeting. Do not walk out. I know you want to walk out. Do not walk out. Give him 10 more minutes. I I guarantee, because... I've been there where you're like, fuck it, I'm just leaving. I'm getting out of this fucking place right now. Fuck this. And then, and the other thing, my, I, I know this isn't a real person, by the way. For the record, I know this isn't a real person. I am really upset for his oldest son. I, my heart broke for that kid. And he cleared up shit with, I'm, I, by the way, I don't want to fucking give the whole fucking book away at all. But You can't. You can't because it's in the writing. Oh, my God. And that's the other thing. 
who the fuck taught you how to write, man? Like, you're not, you shouldn't <laughs> do comedy for the record. You should just be a writer. That was the, the prettiest I set. Can I tell you what I did last night? I stole this from you. Good. I married, I married a grapefruit juice to a vodka. You, Ooh. You, you said that. You said that in the book. And he married it to a half. He, it was a, oh, it was a something. I think it was an orange juice. And he married a vodka to it. And it, I read that and I went, you know what? That's when you know good writing when you're like, what the fuck did he just, I mean, that's, and that's, by the way, that's probably the least, the least beautiful thing you wrote in that book. But I have been, the second I said, read that, I went, I want to start marrying drinks. I want to have a fucking ceremony. Yeah, dude, <laughs> go ahead. You can get uh, your certification online and marry whatever drinks you want. <laughs> uh, it was, it was so, your writing is so fucking good. Did you go to like, like a college degree school? Yeah. Did you go to writing school? No, I dropped out of school as soon as I could pay my rent from stand-up. And I paid my rent from stand-up once and then was like homeless for the next six months and also not in school. So I don't have an education. I just read a lot, man. Uh, I like to read and I think that's the best way to get good at writing is read stuff that uh, you want to emulate and just try and not rip them off directly. Kind of this works the same with stand-up. Yeah. Stand-up had someone in mind and they tried not to copy them. Yeah, you like find their voice and then make it worse. That's pretty much what I did is just rip off Dennis Johnson, but, you know, make the guy do cocaine a lot. It was really, it was, your writing is so beautiful. Like it, the the way you're, you took time with things. Like, and I, I wrote a book and I, I definitely, someone told me, hey man, you know what I love about your book? You're like you don't like fluff it up. You just say the words, and then those are the words that happen. And I was like, "Oh yeah, because I'm not good at writing." <laughs> <laughs> well, I was worried people were going to call me pretentious and a jerk off because I used, uh, you know, different words than people might use. And I'm glad people have uh, have been happy with the fact they had to get us thesaurus out every now and then. Yeah, it it was so it was written so beautifully that I was like, "Fuck, this is like a dance." I got to be honest with you though. There's uh, a part, I forget the part where, I, I wish I could remember the part where I did this. I, I grabbed the book and I was like, uh, uh, no, 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 no. We're just going to read a couple words out of the paragraph and get to what happens because I can't sit here and read to find out if he fucking, uh, if, he, if something bad happens. <laughs> like I was like shooting ahead then I went I got to the part I went okay so everything's fine let's go back and reread it it was fucking yeah. intense I do that too man where I'm like okay I see this wall of paragraphs I need to get to the next line of dialogue just so I can <laughs> chill I'm, Bert uh, it, to your credit you did not flinch when I called you up and said hey you have to read this book and you have to read a chapter you're like I'm in I'm in I'm absolutely in well, the, you, yeah. were, you were so you were, you were so adamant about how important it was, Doug. Like, you were like, that's what I, I couldn't, I can't express to people is like, and I don't know if I have a ton of people that I get, that would get it the way we get it, where I go, you got to read this book. I sent it to Rogan and Ari and Tom, but I don't, Joe, Joe never did the road that way. Like, he, ne yeah. like he never, he only did the road famous. Um, I mean, he did road the road, like, you know, those Boston runs. Yeah. But it's, I think it's a very a different, different animal. You can still be home animal. at night. Yeah, and then Ari just opened for Joe. 
Like he didn't like, he never like did the road. He just worked for Joe. I think it's, it's interesting sometimes when you're like, when you're like, like Tom opened for Joe did the road a little bit, but Tom was the kind of guy that was like, Oh fuck this. I'm not doing Toledo. That's stupid. <laughs> but Joe, gonna lo- Joe loves when Joey Diaz tells stories about the road. And this is like, there's a lot of Diaz in this guy. So I think that even you fans mentioned of, Diaz in it. I do mention Diaz. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like if you don't know the road, you won't, if you didn't work the road, you wouldn't get it. Yeah. It actually make you think, wow, I should have done more road. Yeah, before I got married. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because well, I was married when I was doing the road like that. And I mean, I, there's so many times I felt like I've been a character in a book when I'm like, I mean, there's so many things that like I wanted in this book that I, that I did in, that I did or, or things where I go, oh, I did it a little different than Billy Ray did. Like one of the things I, I hate that I've done my entire fucking life is those early mornings in airports, I always have, I'm, I almost guarantee they'll be in my bag right now. Oh my God. I always have in my bag yes. little bottles of, whisk, of liquor. I have, right, I mean, this is, and by the way, these, are, these aren't even good, but I, I have these in my bag. They always go through. It's Dickel. I don't know what Dickel is, but... I get through security. I go and, and I, I, I mean, the first thing I, I mean, this is what was killing me is that I was thinking I'm reading your book and I'm, and I'm writing my book of me doing it in my head as I read it of thinking of my very, very sad times where I'm like, Oh, that's a low that for other people, they'd go, my God, your life's in, in the shitter. And you're like, Oh no, no, I'm a comedian. This is how I get through the day. It, you're, you don't, you don't understand at the end of the night, if I do all this, I can get to go on stage. But like the first thing I do when I walk in an, in an airport is I go to see if the bar's open. I mean, I'll, I'll take certain flights knowing that the bar should be open by then. And there's nothing worse than going, is uh, are you guys serving alcohol? And he goes, oh, we don't serve till seven. You're like, uh, I board at seven Oh five. And the guy's <laughs> like, uh, and you're like motherfucker. So then you go to McDonald's, you go, can I get a large, a uh, large drink and then just dump out the fucking shit, fill it up with booze. And then you're walking around with a McDonald's cup in an airport at fucking six in the morning, sipping whiskey, gagging. Son, like going- son, what you, what, what you do is you bring a travel mug with your minis. You bring 10 minis in your one ounce bag and you have an empty travel mug. You go to McDonald's and say, Hey, can you put some ice in this? You don't, I do that now. Drink. Now that travel mugs are popular. I do that. I didn't do that. Back in the day, there was no such thing as a fucking tumbler. <laughs> no one walked around. <laughs> only, only fucking backpackers and, and rock climbers did that. But, uh, <laughs> the best part of that is every, every instance in that story is a write-off. Everything you just said is a total write-off. And that's the best part about stand-up is you can be, you know, a freak and a weirdo and still be very successful. This podcast is brought to you by Hymns. I just got a haircut today, which I love because I still have hair. Not a lot of hair, but I have a little bit of hair. Did you know that 66% of men start losing their hair by the age of 35? And if you're like me and you notice it thinning, some guys it's going to be too late. But if you do something about it, that's the best way to prevent more hair loss while you still have some. And dudes do weird things when they decide 
to save their hair. I had the woman today tell me I needed to get on something, and I thought, hmm, I wonder if Hims got it. Because forhims.com is one-stop shopping for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness, all for men. It's time for you to write a new chapter in your life, and this one should start with you having hair. Hims is helping guys be the best versions of themselves with licensed medical professionals and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. These are real prescriptions backed by science, no snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. Hims was created by a guy, and I love this more than anything, that knows that some men health conversations are easier to have online than in person, and that is true when it comes to ED or hair loss because you don't want to wait in line in some in-person doctor visit for that awkward conversation. For Hims connects you with licensed medical professionals online, which would save you hours, completely confidential and discreet. Answer a few quick questions that a medical professional will review and determine if it's right for you, and they can prescribe you medication that'll be treat your hair loss that'll be shipped directly to your door. Today, Hims is giving you their best offer yet. If you're not happy with the results after 90 days, Hims will give you a full refund, and right now, my listeners can get their first visit absolutely for free. Go to forhims.com slash BertCast. That's forhims.com slash BertCast. Disclaimer, full run free refund price. Paid available for the first 90-day supplies. Refund requests must be made within 90 and 180 days after product shipment delivered. Prescription products require an online consultation with a medical professional who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that's forhims.com slash BertCast. This podcast is brought to you by a beer. I saw ice cold in a cooler the other day and lost my mind, went on a jog, came back, and cracked one for myself, and that is Miller High Life. Miller High Life brings pride to the simplest things in life. Miller High Life is an unpretentious quality beer with refreshing champagne-like tiny bubbles in an iconic glass bottle that is accessible to all, and I saw that glass bottle with the the dew of the fresh coldness on it in a cooler. And I thought, I need one of those beers. I ran four miles and I came back and I celebrated. I celebrated because I deserved this beer. There are moments within every day we're celebrating. Celebrating with Miller High Life, the champagne of beers, gives you a high quality beer within everyone's reach. I absolutely love Miller High Life. I wanted that beer so bad. It looked like sunshine in a bottle. They've been faithfully brewed the same way since their start New Year's Eve in 1903, their founders believed that everyone should enjoy the good life, which is why he created the champagne of beers. What brilliant, brilliant way to sell a beer. Miller High Life's been famously brewed and known for that for over 100 years. Miller High Life, the champagne of beers, a quality beer within everyone's reach. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, and the other thing that was like, especially with like, I'm I'm want to talk to you guys about what you guys think about the state of comedy of like literally all the clubs closing, literally all the comics leaving LA. And I thought my initial thought was this is bad for comedy. And then I, as I'm reading the book, I go, oh, Billy Ray is not going to quit. No, <laughs> like, he never quit during not- COVID. He worked all yeah. through COVID, <laughs> and he he made more money than he ever did during COVID. Because he I'm, finally, he probably finally got back into the loony bins. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, maybe you got to get rid of the people who are like, who are like, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll just start a TikTok. Like, <laughs> yeah. As opposed to the people that are going like, oh no, I'll just be homeless in my car until the clubs get it back open. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, no, I'm uh fuck, man. I mean, Sam was talking about all the clubs he could never get work that are calling him now. <laughs> yeah, they finally went through all the 50 emails before mine. And now Dr. Grimm's is like, we'd love to have you. And it's like, oh, cool. During 4th of July on COVID weekend, I can't wait to come get $800 without a hotel. Awesome. <laughs> Dr. Grimm's never fucking worked me. Dude, I would reach out to those clubs and be like, I remember telling Matt Frost, by the way, I'm not shitting on Matt Frost. I know sometimes if you hear your name on a podcast, you expect to hear the most glowing report of yourself. And then when someone's honest, you're like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> I, Matt Frost was amazing to me. I have to say that my whole career, I loved working with him. He had a very honest conversation with me one time. Everyone's had honest conversations with, with me in this business at times where I think they think I'm drunk, but they've had a couple drinks and now their guard is off. One time, Barry Katz told me right when I started working with him, he said, takes a, a ship of a Shirley Temple with vodka in it. And he goes, I mean, Papa, when's my turn? And I went, what? And he goes, when's my turn? I'm making all these people famous and rich. What about me? And I, I remember thinking, <laughs> that's fucking great the last cats, thing you want to yeah. hear from your manager who you're hoping is going to get you rich and famous is, is, let me get on the boat first before the Titanic goes down, and then I'll see if there's room for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you want from your manager is him being jealous of your career. That's good. <laughs> and by that's the way, good. I apologize, Barry. I know you're going to be fucking bothered by that statement. But Matt Frost one time after a couple cocktails and a joint, I said, hey, man, I need, I want to get into, it was, it was Laughs Unlimited or somewhere. I was like, I was like, can you make a few phone calls? And very candidly, and I'm not trying to be an asshole, very candidly, he goes, I'll tell you what, I can do that. Or for the exact amount of time and energy, I can call a different club for Jay Moore and make $20,000. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, if I make your phone call, I think I'm going to make $9. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. So I, I, I started reaching out to those clubs and Dr. Grins was, I, I thought magic, what, what's the, what's the uh, comedy castle in Detroit? Yeah. I was like, bro, I'm perfect for that club. They love Tim Allen. I am so like Tim Allen. Like <laughs> they're going to fucking eat me a lot. I'm going to go fucking murder that reached out. Nothing. Dr. Grins fucking nothing. Like all those clubs, all the B clubs, I had guys like uh do you remember do you remember do you remember there was a comic named Jim Brewer that wasn't Jim Brewer? No. No. There was a comic named Jim Brewer who was not Jim Brewer. I bet he got a lot of bookings on accident. I I worked with him one time. I want I don't even know if he's still doing comedy. And he was I was like, that's got to be problematic for the name, right? And he was like, actually, it kind of works on my behalf. You'd be shocked. And I'd be like, oh, I bet. Yeah, it's like Bob Marley in May. They'd be shocked. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he was actually a really fucking funny comic. He was good friends with a guy named Kirk Nolan. Did you ever work with Kirk Nolan? I know the name. Kirk Nolan used to do midget calls. So, what? Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I'm trying to be just, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm shitting on these. These guys were really nice to me. They were very, very, and they were all friends with Kelly Moran. They all worked the same circuit. Kirk Nolan would go on stage. He'd do a little bit of an act, like a little bit of like straight stand up. But then like 30 minutes in, 
25 minutes in, they'd bring a phone, a landline to the stage that he had wired into the club's PA and he had a voice changing thing. And he would call up people and, and the voice, the voice sounded like this. Hi, I'm a midget. What are you doing? And the whole premise was that a midget would call your house. <laughs> These were the glory days, man. This is what's being cut out of comedy by cancel culture. We can't have midget calls anymore. <laughs> he was, he was, a, he was he, all these guys were cool as shit. I, I, I wish I could go into like really, really big details because I'd love to, because they were like, it was, I, 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 I'm, I'm saying this because I think. You're saying this because you're sober. If we were doing this 10 hours oh. from now, you'd be into these stories. Oh my God. I'd be fucking, by the way, I'm debating whether or not to just start drinking now. The, uh, I, I remember oh, with a lot of these guys, I just, they give you advice throughout the weekend because you're a young comic. And I remember being like, I'm not listening to the shit you're telling me to do. I'm writing down all the shit not to do. Like, I'm not cheating on my wife. I'm not getting coke from the fucking bartender. I'm not fucking the manager. I'm like, all this shit. I'm like, I'm not doing any of this shit. <laughs> it's I'm, funny that that's the, those are their hot tips. That's nothing to do about your act or how to network. It's like, you can always get blow off the bus, boy. Just never forget that, kid. He shakes, your, shakes you by the shoulders. Never forget. And I remember yeah. aspiring to be those guys. Like, going out with the first headliners that ever took me on the road. And I was like, this guy has the coolest life ever. He just got head from a divorcee in Rock Springs, Wyoming. I'm never going to quit stand-up. This guy rocks. I fucked a waitress in Rock Springs that had bullet uh, scars where she got shot in her face by her ex-husband. Yeah, man. That was the mayor. <laughs> those guys i remember one of those guys one morning one of the one, one of the guys not those guys but a guy on the road one time and all those guys you write you aspired to be them i remember looking at kirk nolan going like how do i get to where you are you're traveling the country you're fucking selling tickets i mean now i realize the rooms were papered but like at the time you're like people are here to see you you're fucking i mean there's lines of people that are buying your merch how do i get there and, and I remember one guy one time was like, see, the thing with me and you is, you know, we're good. We're fucking good guys. We party. We're married. We got kids. People know that. But, you know, they because we're like bad boys, but we're like old bad boys. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next morning I get up to go get lunch and I go to his room. And, I, and we, you, you stayed at like a Ramada Inn next to the interstate. You could hear motorcycles entering the on-ramp all morning. And so, on a, especially on a Sunday when everyone's riding bikes. So I knock on his door and he opens the door. And it's almost like out of a movie. He's like, hey, what's up? And I go, hey, I'm going to go get lunch. You want to get something? And he's like, uh, yeah, give me a second. And I hear some chick in the back go, who the fuck is it? And I was like, and, I was, and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You can't tell anyone about this. And I was like, wait, you're married. You have kids. We're the bad boys. We're the good bad boys. And he was like, <laughs> and then I went and ate by myself at a mall in Sacramento. And I was like, nothing's fucking real. <laughs> dude those disillusioning moments rule i remember there was a guy i think charlie wiener is his name out of cleveland and uh he had bumper stickers that said if you can't if you can't fuck and drive you can't fucking drive and i was like okay well that's not gonna sell and then i saw him sell like twelve hundred dollars worth of bumper stickers after the thursday night show and I was like, damn, if you do this every night, you're, you're rich, man. And he's like, I have three kids that I have to pay child support for. 
I don't see a dime of this fucking money and neither does the IRS. And I was like, oh, damn. I need to like go back to school. <laughs> Dude, I was doing the road by myself and then I'd go out and I'd open for Jay Moore, which was, I mean, I, I, it was it was a completely different life. Like fly in and car services and and club owners like owners there to greet you the the e street bands at the show and like and it was at jay's height like fucking height and i'm i'm just like i'm like the the distance from where you are in amarillo to where he was just seemed like it must seem like what a marathon looks like to a child you're like fuck that i there's no way you get there well, yeah, it's funny because you're talking about how you used to do Laughs Unlimited. I'm doing Laughs Unlimited November 2nd, so <laughs> I'm in Tucson, finally over there. Who's opening for you? Do you know? Uh, I don't know, but they wouldn't let me bring a feature, so that's always good. Who's You know, I just, uh, yeah, that, I, got fucked. I, got, I got fucked by the owner of that place really bad. I got SARS, and I got fucked by him. What? Yeah. Did you get he, SARS he, from fucking him? No, close. I was supposed to do this. I was, I was, you know, when I was like really fucking broke and he offered me a gig in Mexico. He had moved to Mexico. I don't know why. Uh, Steve, remember, did you ever meet him? No, I didn't. He yeah, moved to Mexico and he was like, he was like, Hey man, I got this great thing lined up in Cabo. Uh, it's a big wine and music festival. I want you to come down and do comedy. I'm going to give you like three grand. I'll pay for your flight. I'll put you up at the hotel. And I was like, fuck yeah and i was like i'm gonna bring my wife we're gonna have like a weekend about it he's like awesome man so i get there i i, I buy my own plane ticket because i'm really weird about tickets i want to buy it so i buy my own plane ticket with my wife the night before we leave i get sars i don't know i have sars i get sars and it's like the sickest i've ever been in my entire life shaking convulsing trembling sweating being freezing on the plane spreading sars to everybody <laughs> get there and we get to the hotel and they're they don't have rooms for us and i'm i'm so sick that i'm like just take my credit card get me a fucking room my wife and i go to the room my wife goes out to the pool i sit in bed for like two days and i am the sickest i've ever been. like i can barely breathe i'm up at night going <laughs> i throw up it's the worst i've ever felt i do the show i get better throughout the week i do the show and, and I'm like, Hey man, you got to pay for my hotel room. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to get that. I'm going to give you all the money. Don't worry about it. Fly home. Never got a fucking cent from him. Never yeah. paid me for the gig. Never paid me for the flight. And I said, I refuse to do last unlimited now. And then Jenny who runs last unlimited now was like, we are totally separate than Steve. And I went, I went, you like bought the club from him? She goes, well, no, obviously I pay him. And I was like, no, I can't, <laughs> I can't just make him fucking money. Like, fuck that guy. He never paid me. And she was like, okay, I understand. I understand you have bad feelings about Laughs Unlimited. And I was like, I, yeah. You said that, and the green room was another club. Did you ever do the green room? No. Never it was in San Francisco. It was... Uh, wait, it was, wait, let's go back to this Steve guy. Is he, is he still alive? How long I ago no was it? He was... He was... Um, I don't know if... I think he still lives in... There was like some sketchy shit with him with like, I think with money. And so I think he jumped down to Mexico like to like get away from some shit. I think, I don't know. Okay. It's not someone you can track down now that you have fans and an outlet. 
No, I'll let him keep the three grand and the fucking <laughs> hotel. I'm sure you have a bunch of bounty hunters who listen to this. So if you're out there, (laughs) saddle up and ride for Bert. (laughs) Me and Segura are trying to get a private eye to uh, to hire on retainer. That's like, (laughs) so that like, so that like when, when shit goes down, we just call our private eye and be like, Hey man, what's everything you got on Sam talent? And he's like, I'll be back in about 30. And then (laughs) all of a sudden you get a dossier, Sam talent. Lives out in Denver. Now, let me tell you, back in high school, he had a problem with a chick. Well, a girl, a bunch of him and his friends ran a train on her, and the girl complained to the principal. I got the whole thing. That's the first thing you want to go after him about. Now, he punched a man one time in Reno. Like, that was, I think that's what a lot of these guys with cancel culture don't have as a private investigator to really do their dirty work for them. Yeah, man, you need a, you need a jilted cop who was fired from the force and also did a tour in Fallujah, and he has, like, one eye. You need that guy. He works for pills. That'd be good. good. I got a couple of guys like that. I bet you do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I, my first book came out, I, I mentioned a French teacher I had in middle school. And uh, that I, she's the one person I'd love to track down because she's the only person that ever. She said she flunked me in French, but uh, she said, someday you're going to be on Saturday Night Live. Uh, and he found her, got her phone number. Said he talked to her, uh, and that she she's waiting for my call. And I'm like, so I, yeah, I've used him on a few things. Ooh, I was I like, that. there's a that story you had about getting sick and still doing the gig. Like every comic has that. Like in in the book, when Billy Ray Shaper has to go and do that gig after the lady who has cancer and she's dying, and her husband like weeps and brings her off stage, and of course he still does the show. I've done shows where like I was in Gulf Shores, Alabama. And I had to get to Springfield, Missouri. It's a 12-hour drive. And the night before, I was wrestling with some guy, and my back went out. So I had to drive 12 hours with the seat all the way reclined. And I could barely see over the fucking steering wheel, because that's the only way my, you know, I wasn't in the most pain I've ever experienced. I get to the gig. This is supposed to be the big gig that like, makes my money for this trip. You know, They were like, you're going to get 800 bucks. Like We do a door deal. We always sell out. You're going to do great. I get there. There's nine people at the show. And the guy's all apologetic. I'm all hobbled over. I can barely stand up. And he's like, yeah, man, I forgot. Uh, there's a high school volleyball t- a game in town. And this city really turns out for high school volleyball. <laughs> and I had to call my wife and like have her wire me some money so I could get from Springfield back to Denver. And she's like, I thought that was the big gig. And I was like, it was. But the, this town really turns out for high school volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> Calling your wife from the road? When you fucked up is oh, yeah. my favorite. I've done that so many times. I was in Chicago, club owner uh, at Riddles. Do you ever do Riddles, Doug? No, I know it exists. Brings me in. Oh, maybe I did do Riddles. I'm not sure. Brings me into the office. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm punching this story up. Huge fish tank behind him. <laughs> Gun on the table, puts it on the table, and he goes, you want cash or a check? And I am panicking so bad because there's a gun there. I go, I'll take a check. And he goes, are you sure? And I went, definitely a check, definitely a check. I get out. I tell my wife, she goes, dickhead, you always get cash. I go, <laughs> I thought he was going to rob me or something. And he's like, he had a gun on the table. And she goes, well, yeah, because he's got fucking $20,000 worth of cash in his office. He's got a gun because he's been robbed before. And I went, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> that guy told me, that guy told me, I remember we went out to lunch. And he goes, number one mistake all you comics make, buying cars. And I went, 
oh yeah, it's a big deal. Everyone gets a good car. And he goes, no, 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 no. Just buying or leasing. You guys are real idiots about that. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I rent. <laughs> I'm like, what? And he goes, I rent. I rent. I rack up miles. They take care of my insurance. I don't have insurance. They take care of my insurance. They take care of everything. I get the full package. I rent for like a month. And then I, next month, I get a free car because I rented for a month. <laughs> and I was like, is that, a, is that a thing? And so I told my wife when I got home, I go, hey, we're done leasing cars. We're renting for now. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> it's always good to go home uh, to your wife and run these great ideas you have. Yeah. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, my wife's a doctor, and uh, I'll complain about, like, a bad gig I had. And she'll be like, oh, that sounds tough. We had twins die on the operating table. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll make dinner. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the, uh, so, wait, when you wrote it, did you self-publish it? Yeah, because, like, that, uh, that story you told about your agent getting Jay Moore 20 grand or getting you $9 or getting him $9. That was what my agent said. He was like, they offered $7,000, but this isn't really worth my time. And I was like, Oh good. This is the most important thing I've ever done. Um, so I still published it when COVID happened. And, uh, luckily it was, it was the right move because I've, you know, made more than 10 times the money I would have got off that seven grand. Yeah. What now? What about what, what's going on with the audiobook? Because, I'll tell you right now, that is, I wish I had gotten a check for that because yeah. my audiobook was the number one audiobook for like seven months Damn. because, well, hold on. If you, if you're, if you have a long ride, definitely treat yourself and buy that audiobook. It is way overpriced. I don't get a cent of it, but I cannot, I have a really hard time reading out loud. So it took me like 22 hours to read a five hour book. Damn. And whatever editor edited it, put it together with me fucking up throughout it. He thought oh. it was funnier with me fucking up. So they left in me going, motherfucker, God damn it, I can't fucking read. What am I, retarded? Fucking shit, man. <laughs> shit, I'm taking my pants off, man. You cool with me taking my pants off? And you hear a guy go, I'm cool with you taking your pants off. And I'm like, fuck. So he left all of that in, and it is hilarious. It is so funny. At the end, I can't, I, like I do a, 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 a thing with Patrice and I do his voice. I'm like, damn, Bert is like, the guy's like, Hey man, are you sure you want to do a black guy's voice? And I'm like, huh? He's like, I, I don't know, man. It just doesn't seem like right. And I'm like, no, that's how he sounds. He's like, you're making him sound really black. I'm like, no, he was, it was Patrice O'Neill. You don't know him. Trust me. And I'm, but all this is in the fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put a super cut of Doug saying the N word in there. Cause, uh, Doug, Doug did black voice last night and it was awesome. It was very good. <laughs> I had the, I wrote the N word in my book and I get to the N word and I'm like, fuck. I was like, if I say it now, like I, I, I'm just, I go on record for the rest of history of it being like, it's there. Now clearly I should have just done it. Cause I'm already on record saying it on podcasts. I'm sure. But at the time I was on travel channel and I was like, I was like, all right. So I call my friend a black dude. And uh, I call him up. And I'm like, Hey man, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. He's an actor. I go, what are you doing? And he was like, nothing. I said, Hey, I need some help on this audiobook. Will you mind helping me out? He's like, I don't mind at all. I said, cool. Come over to the studio. So he comes over to the studio and I just show him the book. I go, can you say that word? <laughs> he goes, <laughs> you want me to just say the N word? And I went, yeah. 
I was like, listen, our, our daughters are friends. I can't go on history being the guy that read, said the word, just say it for me. And then I can use you saying it throughout the book. Anytime it goes to the N word, I'll have you say it. And he went, okay, I'll say it, but you got to say it to me first. Oh, this guy <laughs> rules. I was like, all right. And so I said it to his face and he goes, all right, we're good. So then he says it and I go, um, I'm going to need you to say it a little more hurtful if you can. Like, <laughs> he's Put like, stank what? On. He's a, <laughs> yeah, one word voiceover and you're making him do retakes. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, wait, show me what you're talking about. And I was like, never mind. Your version's good. <laughs> that guy was Denzel Washington, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, I want, I want to talk to you about the end of the book because the end of the book kind of fucked me up, but I don't want to, sp- I don't want to ruin it for everyone. Well, I yeah. I mean, real quick though, about the audiobook, like you're reading a chapter, Doug's reading a chapter, Ari, Mark Norman, Chris Gethard, Jackie Cation. Like, uh, it's going to be good. I'm doing it all myself and then I'll sell it online somehow. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about the audiobook. The audiobook's going to be great and you can put it, are you just going to put it on iTunes? I don't know. I think I'm going to do it through uh, Audible's online client, their self-publishing client. Oh, really? Yeah. I'd like to do it as a podcast, but I think that using Audible, uh, using their reach is smarter. Yeah, I've got to be honest with you. I don't understand how Audible works. To be oh, I don't either, man. <laughs> I really, I, I've tried a hundred times to get a book on Audible, and I cannot fucking do it. I cannot get a book on audible i can't get it to play i can't buy it i reach i almost signed a deal with audible they gave me three free downloads i have those three free downloads that's it i do not know how the fuck audible works i think you get points you buy points and then like it's almost like only fans you buy points and then you can give those points to a book and that's how you trade yeah, you subscribe to Audible and then they give you a free download at the beginning of the month. But uh, yeah, I don't. I thought you meant how Audible works as far as uploading books, not purchasing no, books. I can't figure out how to use Audible. That's how stupid I am. Oh, I can. I can help you. You should call that black guy. Have him come over. He'll figure <laughs> it out for you. <laughs> I, I I can get it. I got it on my phone, but I can't figure out how to sync it uh, to the car because that's the only time I listen to shit like that. You guys sound like the oldest men alive right now. <laughs> I'll help you. I'll figure it out I, for you, Doug. I really can't figure out how Audible. I have the app on my phone, and I just I don't know where I put my credit card in. It's so fucking frustrating that I go. I know people use this. I I know I can't, I've got to be missing something right in front of my face. Are you literally putting your credit card into your phone? <laughs> <laughs> I'm punching them together. Come on, baby. You're marrying them. <laughs> the um. Yeah, I think that'll be the big, that'll be a big, self-publishing is the way to go on all of this. I mean, I, I never, I don't think I ever made a cent off my book. I, I mean, I made, I made my bonus, the, the signing bonus. Yeah. But I, I don't think I ever made money after that. I, the only money I ever made on my book was buying copies from the publisher and selling those copies up on my website. Yeah. That's, and that's what I'm doing. You can get the book at samtalent.com. It's I called Running it. the Light. We haven't yeah. even mentioned the name of the Oh, book. I'll do an intro. Running the Light. I'll do an intro. And it's Sam Talent with two L's. Yeah, S-A-M-T-A-L-L-E-N-T, baby. Get that merch. We're trying to buy a house. Yeah, what's uh, I mean, is there an option? Like, what if, like, 
what if it goes really big and then a publisher comes to you and is like, Hey man, we'd like to, we'd like to publish your book. We want to put you in bookstores. Is that, what do you, why would you do that? No, because they've already, they wouldn't do that because they've already lost out on these sales I've got. I'm like over 5,000 books sold. So they would, there's no interest for them because they can't wet their beak off the initial wave. Which is heartbreaking for me because I I want the book in bookstores. Sam, tell them what your agent said about like podcasting. Oh yeah, dude. He was like, how are we going to sell this book? Who's going to read it? Because it's so bleak. And I was like, I don't know, fans of comedy? Uh, every podcast is run by a comedian. Uh, I think that the power of comedy will sell this book. And he had like no idea who Joe Rogan was. So, uh, I, he's, he's very successful, but he wasn't the right fit for me. I'll say it that way. Wait, I think I know who this guy is. I bet you do. Yeah. (laughs) I think he's my book agent too. Oh, is he? I think so. Oh my god! I, I, think I, I almost did a book. I am. I am almost one hundred percent certain it is the exact same guy because he paired me up with Mishka to do. Yeah. Yep. To do yeah, a book. that guy. It's and that guy. For Mishka sure. and I were going to write a book, and then I it just it just was like something that was no longer on my radar, and the money wasn't enough because I was making too much money on the road, and I was like, well, I, I don't have the time to do it, but. uh that's so fucking funny. Could your guy fly? Yep, he could with a yeah. Y. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, that dude, man. <laughs> oh, for real? I really liked him, too. Like, I, I, Sweet guy, but he just uh, didn't understand what he was up against here. Oh, my God. That's crazy because this book is so dialed in for people who are fans of podcasts. Yeah, this, I know, dude. <laughs> you, you can read this as a fan and plug in your favorite comedian in that role and then go, that's my guy doing all that shit. Like if you yeah. read that and go, that's Burt Kreischer with a broken nose, that's Burt Kreischer sprinkling Coke into his drink. Then you go, Oh, this is a fun read. Yeah, dude. And there's also fist fights and sex. I mean, it's not just a dork book about comedy. It's fun to read if you don't read books. Oh, it's dude. It's, it's, it's I mean, it's, I, there are parts of it where you're like, fuck Like I, have rationalized horrific behavior or things that people go, what the fuck? Like I remember shitting my pants before I got on a train to go to Washington DC. And I just (laughs) took a shirt out of my bag, wiped my ass with the shirt, threw it in a trash can and, and been like, all right, let's go. And at the end towards the end of the book, I'm like, I'm reading it going, okay. Had there been a river around, I would have just done that. Like, Yeah, man, I I shit my pants in front of a. I was killing time at Sanford and Sons when it was in the mall. Stanford, Stanford and Sons, and I shit my pants in front of a Bed Bath and Beyond, and I walked in there like waddling because it was the closest place I could, you know, try and clean up. And they stopped me at the door and they're like, "Sir, are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I just need to use your bathroom." And they're like, "You gonna buy anything?" And I was like, "I didn't have any money. I was featuring at fucking Stanford's." And then eventually, I just had to tell them I shit my pants. I was like, "I shit my pants. I'm in your store with my pants full of shit." Please let me use the bathroom. And then they were like, okay, cool. And then as I walked out, I was like, I'm at the club across the street all weekend. Come on by. And <laughs> <laughs> shitting rules. You know, we're hearing a lot about people who read the book. You know who hasn't read the book? Shane Gillis. Let's bring Shane in real Shane, quick. Are you serious, Shane? His perspective. No, because Shane, no, I'll tell you why. Because Shane's the Hollywood liberal elite. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
it's interesting when you go because that's where I get stuck on this book is like like Luis J. Gomez, I feel like, has never done the road this way. But maybe I read a wrong. book. <laughs> you got to read the book, Shane. It's fucking insane. I've just been gone. He sent me a copy. Hold on. <clears throat> sure, Shane, his throat's full of, of pussy hair right now after, after breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, no, he sent me a copy. First off, I didn't ask for it, and I thought it was a script. He sent me like an original... Like what is it? What's that even called? Yeah, I printed it at Office Depot and ha- I had it ring bound. Yeah, so it's just sitting on my dresser in New York. That was in March, so I haven't been home. Yeah, oh, my dad. I, I was like, Dad, can you send this to this guy? And I gave him the name and the address. And my dad was like, Is that the Shane Gillis? Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, he's cool. And my dad was, like, Are you sure about this, pal? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Yeah, he's really funny. <laughs> He'll be okay. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, you defended me. I did, of course. I've defended you a lot. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, Shane's going to read it. I signed a copy for him right here. I put his catchphrase in there. So, yeah. You know what? <laughs> you know what? You know what I did is I, you sent me the copy, but I, I'd already ordered it on Amazon. Oh, yeah. And so I'd already ordered it. And Doug called me and I, and I said, great. I, I was looking for a book. I'm reading, I was reading this book Burr had recommended about, um, it's called Flyboys. It's about the guys who went in and tried to take over some island near Iwo Jima, but a, a, another island, and the Japanese soldiers fucking ate them. And so, and so, yeah, Burr's. It's interesting. It's interesting the two different calls I get from Burr. He's like, you got to read this book about these savages eating white people. <laughs> and, then, and then stand-ups like you gotta read this book about fucking the road and i'm like ah i put burr's book on hold and i went right to yours <laughs> yeah suck it burr this is it, a pretty funny this is a funny collection of people you're talking to right now it looks like we're trying to extort you like we we hacked your webcam and you were jerking <laughs> off and now you see the three of us yeah. and we want you to send us bitcoin <laughs> hey Shane, Shane, how did it how did it shake down with uh with Big J, is he cool? Yeah, we're good. We're good. He yeah. was he was sad, but he wasn't angry at me, so that was nice. Tell me, tell me everything. Tell me more than that. You called him, and he was like, "You guys know what happened, right?" Yeah, well, I was trying to keep that information from Doug just in case I got dosed while I was here. Wait, Doug, do you know what happened? Yeah. Do I? I don't know. Tell me. Ari dosed Big J with acid. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I mean, I I haven't released Shane's episode. I think it comes out today, oh, actually. Nice. Yeah, and so, um, but uh, and so you call I because I talked to Jay a bunch, by the way. Yeah, and then I talked to Jay and Ari. They're cool. Yeah, everybody's good. Everybody's good. Jay was sad about it, but here, jump in. It's I'm gonna right. grab my cord. All right. Nice. So this is the run. This is the run you were talking about. Yeah. Is that a NASCAR shirt? Uh, sprint car. Sprint car? Yeah. Doug's been uh, sexually exploiting us. <laughs> now that he's gone, we can start telling the truth. That's <laughs> he Paul groomed Wall us. Sprint car? Yeah. Paul's the rapper? Wall, dude. Paul McMahon. Oh, it's not, it's not the rapper has a sprint car series. No, not Paul Wall. That'd be nice. <laughs> I've been so into rap lately. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm working with Snoop Dogg. So like, <laughs> oh, nice. So I've I've got to ask all the questions I want to ask about hip hop. Like I'm just it's like it's got I've got to be the most annoying dude in the world 
for like no black guys love educating middle-aged men about (laughs) hip-hop that's why they get into the game (laughs) last night i got to slide one of my jokes by him i was saying something about this guy trinidad james trinidad james wrote a joke i wrote a song called all gold everything yeah i remember that and the n-word is throughout throughout it all the way and i was talking to snoop and i said we're talking about the n-word and about I go, how do you feel when you see like Takashi 69 say the N-word? And he goes, I hate it. He's not black. He's Mexican. I don't like people that aren't black saying the N-word. And I went, yeah. I was talking to Trinidad James about it. I said, it's got to be weird to play that song and then guys like me buy that album. And he goes, and then you can't sing the N-word in your car. And I went, oh, no, I do. And he goes, what? And I said, uh, I definitely do. Yeah, we I all go, do. I go, wait, you didn't think I've been singing the N-word to your songs in the car? And he goes, you do that? And I go, yeah. I go, I've been singing the N-word forever. And then there's an old joke. I go, not when I do like yard work or something. But like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not on the bus. Oh, dude, the bus. You ever see, there's a clip of, I think it was Kendrick Lamar. He brought up a, a white yes. chick on stage and she sang it. <laughs> and, and the then, whole crowd was like, boo. <laughs> it's like, what you wanted to do, dude? She's hitting the lyrics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We had that's where it's like, is it weird to not say it in that situation? I don't know. That's a tough spot. We had a girl. I can't tell too much of this, but we had a girl on set sing one of Snoop Dogg's songs. And she replaced the N-word with a different word. But I didn't know. I didn't know that's where the N-word was. I thought Snoop had used that word in his song. And I was like, that's so odd. Is Snoop a big fan of country westerns? Like, <laughs> and what was the word? Cowboy. A bunch of cowboys. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> and I, I stop fucking yeah, laughing. Me and all my cowboys. <laughs> I ride for my cowboys. <laughs> I ride for my cowboys. <laughs> I'm a real cowboy. Compton cowboy. <laughs> yeah, it actually kind of translates. Yeah, it has the same syllable. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, cowboys. I, uh, this is. <laughs> Hoping you do the math aloud. Yeah, I had to do the math in my head. I just said the N word in my head, everybody. I don't know if you saw that. I just took a second there to say it. Cowboy. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, it does. No, it does. Cowboy. We went, we, uh, oh, fuck. Oh, what was I got to tell you? Shit. God damn it. I was just going to tell you. Oh, oh, oh. So I did a podcast. I did a, a my cooking show, Something's Burning, and I had Andrew Schultz on. And uh, and I have this joke. I've told the joke. I've told the joke uh, before. I've told it on stage. And I've also told it on podcasts. It's a really, really, really awesome joke. But the punchline is the N-word, okay? Like, and so I, I, I don't <laughs> mind telling you that. But the punchline is the N-word. It has to be the N-word. This is like every Christmas party I've ever, family Christmas party I've ever been to. It's not like all of my uncles. Look, I'm going to say it, but it's worth it. So I, and so I I was torn because the joke is so good. It really is. It's a story, but you can't. I know it's good, dude. I heard the punchline. It's a good joke. I don't need to hear the setup. So I, so I'm talking to Andrew Schultz about it. And Andrew Schultz, you know, is like, Captain workaround, Captain think it through. And he's like, switch it out for pancakes. <laughs> I go, what? He goes, switch it out for pancakes. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, tell everyone, hey, listen, I got to say the N-word in this song, in this joker, if it doesn't work. But I don't want to say the N-word. So instead, Wait, like, why would I call a black astronaut a pancake? <laughs> <laughs> 
Rosa Parks hated pancakes. <laughs> so, so I, I tell my cousin, my cousin Andrew is a, a, one of the smartest dudes I know. Like, really smart. Should have been a comic. He's a filmmaker. Just a really smart guy. So, and, so I, <laughs> I say, the first time I tell this joke, now without saying the N-word, I go on stage and I go, so the, I got this joke. I want to tell it. I think it's a great joke. But in order to tell it, I got to say the, the N-word. But I'm, instead of saying that word, I'm going to say pancakes. And I go, okay, so everyone's clear. And we go, okay. Are all you pancakes ready? <laughs> oh, so, oh, almost. So I start telling the story. And then when anytime a black guy's there, I'm like, so this little short stack comes up to me. <laughs> a syrupy motherfucker. Butter on top. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> and moons over my hammy, gold chain. Like, <laughs> and so I get done, and my cousin Andrew goes, no, you're not ever doing that again. <laughs> That's worse than saying the N-word. <laughs> and not only that, he goes, just listen to the people at the bar. And then everyone's like, hey, there's no pancakes in here at all. <laughs> like, oh, it's the worst. He's the like, worst. Just code signaling everyone a new way to say the N word. He goes, "That's the worst thing you've ever done." And I was like, "Fuck!" You could have oh. had pancake T-shirts, man. Oh, it was so oh so fucking. I didn't, and I'm such an idiot. I'm just eating it up. I'm like, ah, oh, these pancakes, and there's. I mean, I feel like I'm at the fucking Waffle House or so many pancakes. I just started using. I would have used the word once. I must have used the word a hundred times in this story. Yeah, ironically, there are always a lot of pancakes at the Waffle House. <laughs> Every Waffle House I've been to. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh. By the way, the whole, the whole, the best part of the, this story is a true fucking story, right? It's a, it's a true story that happened to me where I pulled up to a, a party in a convertible to go drop off keys. And as I didn't drop off, I, it was too many people. And so I just left and I didn't park. And I go to the other side of this apartment complex and there's an equally big party. It's an all black party. It's everyone. It's, it's FAMU. So I was in Tallahassee and to make a very long story short, the, and this is the punchline. It's so beautiful because it's a hundred percent true black dude. I'm stuck in the middle of the black party. And this black dude, little short black dude looks at me and he goes, Hey, you scared motherfucker. And I'm like, what? And he goes, are you scared motherfucker? And I'm like, and this is like right after the Reginald Denny shit. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm about to get pulled out of my car. My top's down in a convertible. I'm listening to fish. I have a ponytail. I am terrified. Wow. And he's like, I, and I look at him and I go, what? And he goes, look at me when I talk to you, motherfucker. And he's like right leaning on the, uh, the door of my car. He goes, I said, are you fucking scared? And I went, no. And he smiles. He goes, well, tell me if you're scared now. And he reaches into my car, lays on my horn, and in the best white voice goes, move it, pancakes, and leaves. <laughs> and fucking everyone turns, and it's just me going, no. <laughs> it was, it, yeah, but uh, he didn't say <laughs> Wait, how's the story end? <laughs> uh, they dragged me out of my car. Uh, <laughs> my car started running into people because my foot left the brake. Yeah. And then the kid jumped over and he goes, it was me. I'm just kidding. And everyone's like, what? They're about to beat me. And he goes, it's me. I said it. He didn't say it. I said it. And I was like, that's the truth. And then they go, are you being serious? And I was like, I definitely didn't say that word. I would never, like, only a lunatic would say that word. And they're like, oh, my God, we almost killed you. And I was like, you know, I'm well aware of that. And they're like, <laughs> shit, you need a beer or something. I was like, I definitely need a fucking beer. And so I, I, I literally left my car running, put it in park. <laughs> left it wide open running at a party and I walked into a house with these guys 
and they started telling the story to everyone at this party. You walked into the IHOP. I walked into the, <laughs> I walked into the IHOP, and they started telling everyone this story of how this happened. I take a, I took a fucking, I smoked off a joint. I drank two beers with the guys, and I'm having a great time. And then, like, and then the story was over, and the everyone went back to their party. And now I'm just a white guy standing at an all black party, holding a beer, going, "My car's still out there, right? Like, I'm gonna go." I'm gonna, <laughs> So I, I went home and then told everyone. I t- must have told that story a hundred times in uh, in college, and then and then I t- I tried it out on stage at the store, and it, it went fine. But the problem is the N word. I, I was saying the N word with it because you needed to in order to let people know, and you couldn't like punch it down, you know. And I was telling on stage, and and that word was just sh- breaking, shutting the room down. Like you couldn't, there was no way to tell the story, but you say, when you shout that word in a room, it sounds like you're shouting that word in a room. And like, I remember black comics, like Red Grant on L, everyone was like, it's a great fucking joke. You just gotta, he's like, they're like, and I don't think there's a problem with it. It's just that word's pretty aggressive. And I was like, yeah. So I just never, whatever. Yeah. There's no secret meaning to that word. It's it's very straightforward. Now it looks like Doug has us on chains. <laughs> looks like we're on leashes. <laughs> so wait, what are you guys doing? Are you guys drinking all day? No, we're not drinking. Not yet. No. When do you guys start? Uh, Shortly. Yeah. Oh, it is? Oh, it's 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock here. You're in the future. Oh. So wait, when did you guys get there? Thursday? No. No. Monday. Monday. <laughs> Monday. So tell yeah, me, Monday. tell me the events. Tell me what's been going on. What are you guys doing? I'm jealous. Nothing crazy. Dude. We're taking it easy. Yeah, shockingly easy. Really, very restrained. Yeah. Well, I had to do my read yesterday, so yeah. Was yesterday was supposed to be crazy, and then these dorks read a book all day. Yeah, Shane was in his room, so I took a nap. Wow. And then you yeah. Went, out, yeah. went out with a 17 year old runaway this morning. <laughs> oh, She's not 17. <laughs> She's 15. <laughs> <laughs> she has a house now she lives with shane <laughs> and then yeah i don't know dude we just I, we did drink probably 10 beers last night with a racist native american oh yeah he came in hot yeah. dude we gotta bring him back yeah, this guy cody he, he was, was like cool. i'm three-fourths cheyenne and we we're like oh nice he's like i fucking hate native american we we're like oh all right yeah <laughs> he said pancake a lot <laughs> he did he had some pancakes <laughs> yeah he was putting I extra said, butter on yeah him. dude <laughs> i spit rhymes to snoop dogg yesterday Damn, and uh, uh and one of, <laughs> one of my one of my freestyles was uh, I'm not racist not even a little bit I'm just kidding I'm not that into inuits and, <laughs> and, and I I forgot how like Snoop laughed everyone laughed but I forgot how woke the world is and someone's like hey man you can't actually say that and I was like what uh, and they're like I was like okay never mind <laughs> but uh, I thought inuits were safe uh they were the less ones well, no Italians. I, I forget what they're called. Uh, Italians. Yeah. Italians. <laughs> you can still make fun of Italians. They're our last ones. I'd like to thank my sponsor, Whoop. I absolutely could not live without my Whoop. Look, we know a lot about a lot. We know 2020 has been a tough year. We know that we want healthier lifestyles, but we don't know a lot about ourselves and how behaviors impact us. It's really true to know how your body behaves due to certain things and then how to let your body recover and and, and getting onto a deeper level with who you are and how your body behaves. 
You can do that with Whoop. It's a Whoop is a fitness tracker that provides personalized insights into your body's recovery, strain, sleep with actionable feedback in real time. Know when your body's recovered and when it needs rest. I know that because sometimes I'll wake up and I'll look at my body, my 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 sleep, and it'll be in the red. I'll go right back to sleep. Middle of the day, all of a sudden it's back in the green, and I know how much stress my body can take for the workout and how strenuous my day is based on how strenuous my day is. It also tells you how much sleep you should get and how you know when you are well slept. Insights Whoop provides is next level, and it's the best fitness tracker I've ever used. It can tell you other things like like behaviors like taking CBD, drinking caffeine, or certain diets impact your sleep and recovery in a way that personalizes it so you can understand how to better optimize your behaviors. For anyone looking to build a healthier, smarter habit, Whoop is a no-brainer. For my listeners, Whoop is offering 15% off with the code BERT at checkout. Go to whoop.com and enter BERT at the code at, at checkout to save 15% off. That's W-H-O-O-P.com and enter BERT at checkout to save 15% off. Get to know yourself on a deeper level. Unlock yourself with Whoop. This podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Boy, was it nice to see the teams back on the field the other day. This past weekend was an awesome. Lucky for us, that was just week one. There's no better place to get in on all the actions than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. And if you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store right now because you don't want to miss it. Draft your lineup now and feel the sweat like never before. Run every run, every pass, every catch means so much more. And I don't know if you're like me watching the Broncos and the Titans last night with fucking loot on the Broncos, but damn, it's simple. Just pick up your lineup, stay under the salary cap, see how your team stacks up against competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million dollars in prizes. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code BERTCAST. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at a million dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week two action. Enter the code BERTCAST to get a free shot at a millions, at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's the code BERTCAST, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Remember, go to DraftKings.com. Get the app. BERTCAST is the code. So uh, so when are you guys moving to Bisbee? We're buying the house next door. Yeah, we're going to split it. Right? Yeah. Shane's going to use one month of his Patreon money, and we're going to buy a home. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Michigan just bought a house down the street. For real? Yeah. Christine Levine's going to move into it, and he's going to live in the guest house. And he doesn't drink at all, right? No. It's interesting. He did drink a glass of his pee last night, but that was a sex thing. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, it's weird down here, man. There's different rules. (laughs) (laughs) So he's dug eating edibles? Yeah, of course. God, I'm, I'm, I have edibles here, and I haven't, I haven't, fuck, oh, fuck. I well, you're get, working. What are you doing down there? Uh, I am doing uh, a game show. It's, I guess I can talk about it. It's called, the, it's called the, it's, it's basically people doing 
very, very fucked up stunts. And, and it's, it's been, it's been, I mean, you, it's been really crazy. Like you see people almost die and you're just like, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's been, uh, it's been pretty crazy. And then you see people do other shit. Like some people do like big jumps and do stuff in cars and it's all in this arena in Macon. So we have an arena that we're working out of and they've emptied it out. And then they'll, they'll, one day they'll fill it with dirt and we'll have like bullfighting and then, then they'll pull it all out and it'll be filled with ramps. And then one day it's filled with rattlesnakes and it's just like, it's been fucking really, it's been really fun. And so we just did six episodes. Now we're going in, we're doing the semifinals uh, this week. And then I'm here until the end of the month. And then I go back out on tour. Um, I go back out on tour. I'm trying to convince Segur to go with me. It would be fucking awesome because he's like, I, he's like, I'm losing my mind, man. He's like, I, I haven't done stand up in this whole time. I'm losing my mind. I said, why don't you just go on tour with me? He's like, I don't know. And I was like, just get just who gives a fuck? You've been home all this time. It's, you don't need the money. Do you don't want to do it because of COVID? No, I think he's just like, I, I don't know. I th- well, he hasn't been on stage in forever. And the last thing he did was do his hour special. So technically, in his mind, he has no new material. Like, yeah. he has not been on stage. The last show he did was his special. So, and he was like, you know, I'll take a couple months off, hang out, and then go on the road, do some clubs. And these drive-ins are like, you know, some of them are like big. They're like 4,000 people. And so you're, I think he's like, I don't want to go out there and fucking bomb with new shit. And I don't want to go do old shit. And so I was like, just come on out. I want to go to fucking Chappelle's summer camp. Yeah. I yeah we with, all do. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was with, uh, I was with Snooper partying in like late night in a trailer. And I said something about it. And I said, Donnell's out there. Snoop's like, you know, Donnell. And I was like, fuck yes. Yeah. So I called Donnell. I go, Donnell, and I give the phone to Snoop, and Donnell grabs Chappelle, right? Snoop gives me the phone back. I don't know what Chappelle, and I've never met Chappelle. Like, I met him once in Dayton, but it, we didn't talk. He wasn't like, hey, man, I'm Dave. He just stood in the room and talked, and I just listened, and I waited to get my paycheck. And so, <laughs> and so Chappelle's there, and then I'm on the phone with Chappelle, and he's like, who the fuck is this? And I was like, oh, he wants to talk to Snoop. So I gave him back the Snoop, phone to Snoop, and Snoop. <laughs> Then fucking Chappelle goes off. He's like, Snoop, what are you doing? He's like, he's like, nothing. He's like, you need to come out here. Come out and hang out with us. And I'm, I'm in the background the whole time going, hey, tell him you're taking me. Tell him you're taking me. <laughs> so I'm trying, to get, I'm trying to get Snoop to go out to Chappelle's. And I wanna, I'm just going to get on the plane with him and go, I want to go too. But Burr says it's fucking amazing. Yeah, but it's the greatest place on earth right now. Why don't you, do, why don't you guys just do live shows socially distant in Bisbee? I'm doing, I'm on the road right now. I don't, I'm still doing clubs. Shane thinks it's a hoax. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think it's a hoax, but <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. I think I it's real. I couldn't do clubs. What did you just do? Uh, wise guys. I just did wise guys. Yeah. Wise it guys. Was great. Was great. It was awesome. Yeah. And they've got it dialed in where it's like, it was socially distant as fuck. I did a, I did, yeah. I did clubs that were sold out, meaning like 290 people in there, not socially distant at all, at all. Uh, people were within three feet from you on the state, like right in your fucking face. And I was like, I'm definitely getting COVID. I didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I wake up every morning, especially if I'm hungover. I'm like, Oh, I have it. Fuck. Oh, then, then I tough it out. I was at, I was in Colorado and I, we were, we had been on the road for like two weeks and we had like two gigs left. We had a gig in Colorado and then a gig at wise guys. And we were going in. 
and I woke up in the middle of the night and I had to shit and I went ran into this place to shit and I shit all over the walls. <laughs> it's not one of those moments where you look at you, the shit is everywhere. It's on this toilet. It's on my legs. It's on the wall. And Wait, the, how long was this? The mirror, and I was like, "You're fucking 47, and you're still doing this. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, no 47 year old man is shitting on walls." And I had to clean it up. I cleaned up the whole fucking bathroom, gagging, going, "It's just peanut butter. It's just peanut butter." Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> that was so a deleted scene from my book. <laughs> By the way, very close. And so I get back to the tour bus, and I was like, "Man, thank God diarrhea is not a fucking symptom of COVID." And they're like, "It actually is." And I went, and I was like, "Oh, I have dot like." And I was like, "Oh, I got it. I definitely got it." But yeah, I get tested. I get. I gotta get tested right now. They're fucking. I was supposed to get tested at, tested at three. I do it to myself. Oh, wow. Yeah, what you know what the final stunt should be for that show you're doing? What's that? Uh, just recreate that pancake story. <laughs> yeah, you have yeah. to go to a rally and tell it. Yeah. No, just no. I'm talking about get like the winner. Oh. Get the final. Yeah, the thing. <laughs> yeah put, him, put him in a neighborhood near Macon and <laughs> make him live through that story. Dude, I, uh, I, <laughs> I have to do a stunt for this show for the finale. And so I'm trying to think of what my stunt's going to be. And, uh, and then you look at these people doing shit and you're like, oh, you're, you're fucking fearless. Like that there's, I'm, I don't have that in me. Like I'm not, I'm not ever doing that shit. I used to do it when I did like hurt Burton stuff in like travel channel. I did dangerous shit all the time, but I'm fucking so not that person anymore that I'm just like, I just want to read copy and get the fuck out of here. But <laughs> maybe you fuck. get bit by a scorpion. <clears throat> I've been bit by a bat. Remember when I was bit by a bat dog? No. Oh yeah, I got bit by a bat in Costa Rica, and I posted it online. And I said, "What do I do?" And you replied, uh, "The cure is beer. Drink as much beer as you can." And I laughed it off. And then I said to someone like a day later, yeah, or two days later, I was like, "Yeah, I was bit by a bat." And my buddy Doug Stanhope just said, "Keep drinking beer." And someone's like, "Oh, but you got shots, right?" And I was like, "What?" And they're like, "You got you got rabies shots, right?" And I was like, "No." And they're like. Oh, if, if you don't get rabies shots and you get rabies, you just die. And I went, what? And they're like, there's no cure for rabies. Like, you should have definitely, I remember this person going, you should have not, definitely not consulted your comedian friend and gone to a doctor. <laughs> and I was like, I go, sweet, what do I do now? And, and they're like, nothing. They're like, good luck. And I was like, holy fuck. And then I started reading horror stories of people dying online, like <laughs> dying from fucking rabies. And like, I was like, oh my God, I got fucking rabies. I got, God, I got bit by a fucking bat. But How'd you get bit? What, like it just swooped down and bit you? No. So Were you so, wearing a fruit hat? I was, <laughs> I was in a cave. and <laughs> No, I was cleaning up diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> so we were, we were walking in the forest in Costa Rica, and I was by a bush. And sometimes bats in Costa Rica will hang out in the bushes. And especially sick bats so that's they were like yo if you got bit by a bat at, in a bush in the forest that's a sick bat like those are the ones that are dying and i was like mother fucker and but it was i mean it was clear as fuck a bat bite like two bites up on the top one on the bottom and uh and i just i remember when it bit me i remember feeling it bite me it was like needle biting my leg and i was like what the fuck was that and i was up against this bush and uh my daughters think I'm bullshitting that I never got bit by a bat, but I fucking did. 
I think Doug has the same accreditation as a Costa Rican doctor. I'm pretty sure that you, he could practice down there. Uh, my, my COVID test. Hang on. Come to my room at 4.30. Oh, yeah. I got to do it to myself. Have you given yourself one? No, I was making fun of him for bombing just now. I had a great fit. <laughs> what was, was it? Looking at your phone, and he was like, Doug has the same accreditation as Costa Rican doctors, and no one responded. Yeah, a tumbleweed <laughs> rolled by in the background. And it wasn't bad. <laughs> it, was, it got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I never felt more alone. Yeah, I just looked at him like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I pulled my collar. Yeah, because we were just making fun of my friend. Uh, we were actually, damn, we brought you up uh, last night. We were talking about like corny shit we did. And I was like, I sent Bert a happy birthday email, dude. And I'm, I'm still devastated. You guys want to hear it? No, 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 no. Dude, I'll leave. I'll close the laptop. The podcast will end. I'm, I'll close this. Shame. Don't you fucking dare, dude. I'm, I'll end the podcast. <laughs> I have other laptops. You better get them. Shane. Well, see, you, see you, Bert. No, 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 Shane. I'm not going to read it. I just want to read it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> he's saying it in his head <laughs> he's out you can read it yeah you walked him it is so they're so funny the first one is on ten nine sixteen. hey I know I told you this a few times but I really appreciate you taking the time to discuss stand up with us I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know if you know this but a lot not a lot of comics do that anyway <laughs> When it comes to me opening for you in Dayton or Baltimore or wherever, that's a huge deal. I would really appreciate that. Wow. They're, oh, my they are, God. They are it – is, it is business shame, but it's like – I think also he had a really fucking great joke that I love. I, by the way, I'm fucking Shane. We've been listening to Shane on the tour bus. He's a great comic. and But he one of the things he did was he had a joke where he had his – he goes – I forget what it was. Is Shane? What was the joke about tuna? I was my ex girlfriend who played rugby, and he. But he, her name was Tuna, and I could not stop laughing at like the simplicity of having an ex girlfriend oh, named Tuna. And he wasn't joking. I was like, "Oh, that was her nickname. She played rugby." And I couldn't stop laughing of what Tuna looked like and what Tuna liked to do. I wanted to know more about Tuna, and I was obsessed. And I was like, <laughs> "And you know when you guys find a good comic and they don't know they're good yet, and you're like." Oh, by the way, you're going to be really good because you have an ex-girlfriend named Tuna. Like, you live the real life that I want to hear about. I went outside to pee. Did you read that fucking email? No. No, I didn't read it. And you read another one. Why'd you say, oh, read another one. Look. From 2016. Yeah. Fuck you, dude. Nah, man. I wish, I wonder if I have any of those that I've sent to people. I'd love to, I'll tell you what I'd love to do. I have a, I, I was just explaining this, telling someone this the other day. When I was in, like fifth grade, I would make, I would put a sign on my bedroom door and it would say, just go to the stereo and press play. So that at seven in the morning, my dad would walk in my room, hit play, and a song would play to wake me up, like a song I wanted to hear. And then after that song would end, I'd go, hey man, listen, if you're still in bed, you got to get up. And I would give myself a good morning speech. Like a Kyle speech. Good morning speech. You got this, Bert. Come on. Get up, buddy. Get up. Yeah. And I, if I could find those tapes of me giving myself pep talks, I would, I would post it everywhere. I would fucking love that shit. 
Yeah, one time I uh, was hurt by a girl. I was at the park and I left and I was crying in my car. And I kept saying, you're so stupid, you're so stupid. And then I realized that I had the windows down and like 15 Latino kids on bikes were watching me. So we've all done things we're ashamed of. That was bad as Shane. It was sincere in an email in 2016. Oh, I would like to, uh, I would like to, um, I, my, I'm afraid my me too is going to be someone getting a hold of my webcam on my, on my computer and posting a video of me jacking off and everyone will see just how sad that is me with readers on mouth open, just stomach tits hitting stomach, stomach hitting groin, just fucking just, I, and that's my, like those unfiltered moments. That's my fear. Yeah, no one wants to see that or have anyone see that. So you're not alone in that fear. But Aaron Andrews does it, and it's fucking the hottest thing I've ever seen. Who's Aaron Andrews? She's back. I'm back. I heard this. Dude, did you ever see that <laughs> Aaron great Andrews? Dude. Some Aaron Andrews filmed her in a hotel. Oh, what? And she is like giving herself a breast exam. Like, huh? It is. I mean, I think I think you're not supposed to say you liked it. Oh. Yeah, it sounds like it's a crime. I think you're supposed to be like, no, I never watched it because I would never participate in that. I'm thinking of Prince Andrew. <laughs> Dude, <you're thinking laughs> That's of. right, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to know what he was jerking off. Yeah, to. we all hated that. Especially like the fappening when all those pictures got leaked. Oh, yeah. I didn't see one of those. No, I stood with I didn't see that. I just didn't all. look at any of those. I would never. I haven't them. been Googling Bella Thorne nudes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck those emails, dude. It's okay. Why, why do you care at all? I care, dude. He doesn't want people to know that he has a soul. I don't want, yeah. I don't want everyone to know how fucking gay I am. <laughs> fucking gay I am. Dude. Oh, it's funny. This guy in Salt Lake was like, what advice do you have for like young comics? And I was like, never email comedians. I was like, just don't email clubs or comics, especially if they don't respond, because you're going to regret the fuck out of it. If you're good enough to run into them again. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll read. Stop. No, no, Stop. no. I'm, <laughs> hang on. I'm going to read my email to Doug Stanhope. Oh, that's sweet. Let's see. Because I, I emailed Stanhope one night in Sacramento. And I was just like at the, I, I, oh, fuck. I don't have it. Oh, Stanhope, yeah. what's, your, what's, your, what, what's one of your old email addresses? Uh, it's been forever. <laughs> um, I sent Stanhope an email fucking probably 2006, Whoa. 2000 back then. And I was like, Hey, uh, I don't, I'm, I, I would love to read it right now, by the way. Also, it's going to be cornier than you thought. I never would have guessed happy birthday was going to be in there. I literally like remembered being ashamed of it, but I never, you know, I never looked at him. And then when he read it, it was like, happy birthday. I was like, oh no. Yeah. The one what he just read I, was really shameful. What have I done? No. Was it, there was one that was like, we meshed together. Oh, what are you doing? You're, no, you're shut up, dude. You're ratting on yourself. Shut up, dude. No. You, know, I, you write books. I do. Shut up. <laughs> you write books, dude. That's as gay as it gets. I can't find the Stanhope one, but there was one I sent I Stanhope. I felt 20 like, years older than these two until now. <laughs> <laughs> what? God, I wish I was there. I fucking feel well, like you I'm... Said last, last text I got from you was, hey, are you accepting guests? And I went... Uh, depends on who or something, but never heard back from you. 
Uh, it was because I had nine people with me. The I am leaving. So on the seventh, I'm in Salt Lake. Then of October, then Grand Junctions, then Colorado. You're doing Grand Junction, Colorado? Yeah. Weird. We'll come out and hang. What? And then I'm off for the tenth. Don't even. I'm off for the tenth, eleventh, <laughs> and then I'm in San- I'm in Prescott, Arizona on the twelfth. Santa Fe, New Mexico on the 13th. I was going to try to find a way to come down to Bisbee's so far out of the way. We were going to be in El Paso on the 14th, but that got canceled. And El Paso is near Juarez, right? Which is kind of near you, right, Doug? Yeah, that's about three and a half hours. Uh, but Prescott and Santa Fe, that's we're way out of the fucking way. Yeah, and then we're in Houston and San Antonio. I don't think I've announced these dates. Yeah, I'm fucking... I was, I'm trying to get over there because I would love to fucking spend, like spend, just spend the night, just go in the best for me. I can't do more than one day. And I start shitting blood in the airport. Like (laughs) you should come down here, man. It's like Chappelle's summer camp, but whites only (laughs) bring Snoop Dogg. (laughs) What if Chappelle's just stealing Stan Hope's bit? He was like, I'm going to get a compound and then bring a bunch of comics and interesting, different thinkers. And then everyone's like, Stan has been doing that for fucking 15 years. <laughs> my favorite, though, my favorite thing about the Chappelle compound is to be white and to be there, you have to be, like, the most famous dude. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Like, all the white, it's been, like, Louis Burr, I think John Hamm. John Hamm. Yeah, it was just, like, a famous actor there. They were like, nice, he can come. What, I'm curious why Neil Brennan hasn't made a stop in. True. Like, I mean, and I say this kindly, but knowing Neil, you'd think he would want to be there. Like, he's not, he's, he's, a, he's, he's admittedly a little bit of a star fucker. You'd think he'd want to be there and meet all these people, but he's not there at all, <clears throat> which makes me wonder, like, why not? We should go there. You and me? He's I had Chappelle. I hung out with Chappelle in February. He was nice. Yeah, I hung out with Chappelle. Yeah, he was like a nice guy. Yeah. I've never, yeah. I've met him one time. He walked in to the Dayton uh, Funny Bones office and just walked in. I was getting paid. Just walked in and started monologuing. And I didn't say hi to me, didn't introduce himself, just started talking. Oh, wow. And I just sat there. I don't think he, I, I think he probably didn't know I was a comedian. <clears throat> and then I just sat there and then, then he walked out and that was it. And then he went to the bar and I was like, I'm not going to be the guy that goes up and introduces myself. Like, I don't want to be like, because everyone was all over him. And I was like, and he was at the bar and he was hanging out. And then he went, then he just went to like this Mexican bar across the street. And everyone's like, we're going to see Dave. And he was really cool. He like bought everyone drinks and stuff. But I was like, I don't know. I got more of a, my self-esteem wouldn't allow me to go walk around and follow Dave Spell around. Send him an email. I get it, man. Yeah. Slow life behavior. You never emailed? No. You should have sent postcards That's and roses. Fib. That's a fib. <laughs> I sent flowers. No, I emailed. I emailed Doug on his uh, 25th anniversary show when I lived in Vegas. I'm pretty sure, like, I said, hey, man, I've opened for you a couple times and uh, I don't really have any friends here. So I was hoping to. Yes. Come. Yeah, of course. That's yeah. so. That's way weird. I don't have any friends here. Yeah. I was trying yeah. to play his heartstrings. What a loser, dude. I was at least saying happy birthday. No, not this last email. He said, you're an inspiration. No. Yeah. I really want to learn at your dojo. No, this is impossible. No, These are fibs. Said. This is fake. Oh, no, man. You, the, uh, you sent a bow emoji. You 
Oh, oh, Doug no, has the here, emails. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yes. Read them, dude. <laughs> First one, uh, March of 05. Yep. And I love your website, Bert. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it yeah. for real? Yeah. Here we go. Uh, how are you doing? This here, is, uh, close this, is, this is August 2005. Yes. How are you doing? I'm sorry I never replied to your email, but I kind of got lost in the day-to-day on the road and family. Regardless, I would now like to answer the question you posed to me then of how are you doing? I'd like to preface this answer with two things. One time I heard you on stage at the Improvs, the smaller room, and I think you knew I was in the audience. But you were talking about the X show and the road and your experiences. And somehow I knew you were talking about something I was going to have to experience on my own. Oh, my God. I feel like we are friends. (laughs) I know that's weird, us never having hung out at all. But that's how I feel. I feel like we are friends. Oh, Oh, shit. (laughs) My point is this. I'm beating myself up with these shitty road gigs. The same point I think you were making that said night. I feel like I'm asking too much out of people in general. No one really listens. And oh, when they do, in quotes. And when they do, I think they hear the wrong things. I think in a, way I have over, in a way I have overestimated the general public, and I'm being too honest. Even more so, in a sad way, I can... Stop, dude. Stop the fight. Stop. I can predict what they'll... Throw in the towel. I, Stop this. I, I can predict what they'll find funny, and it isn't where, where I want to be. You've always been a kind of missionary when it came to comedy, oh. in the sense that you headed out into the unknown by yourself and stayed God. there until they were converted. <laughs> in writing this, I realize I'm not asking you any questions. I'm just frustrated after a bad night of comedy, and I want to hear what I want to hear, which is, don't worry, everyone goes through this. It gets better. I hope all is well. Sorry for the journal, journal entry, Bert. Your answer, your answer was, your, your answer, do you have your answer? No, I'm, I'm looking. Your answer was, don't worry, it gets better. <laughs> That's all you wrote back to me. <laughs> you said it's called the quickening. <laughs> that was bad. That was really bad. Tough to watch a man. I feel die. bad, dude. <laughs> go, go. I'll, I'll, I'll sift through some more. I'll tell you if I find anything good. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. All right, so Shane wrote, here's what Shane wrote. No, 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 dude, don't do that to me. I was helping you. I was saying we need to stop this. This isn't good. That's fucking douche chills right there. This is your show, dude. Running the Light, what a book. You're a great author. (laughs) Thanks, man, yeah. It really threw, uh, Shane threw the copy I gave him at a disabled kid. (laughs) (laughs) On his date with a 55 email. No, you don't want it, dude. I don't want You're going to be bombed that. when you see those emails. As a famous author, it's up to me to put myself on the line, you know? You will. I'm an artist who takes chances. <laughs> Pushes boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really man. Yours, yours sucked. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yep. By the way, thank God Rogan's not here. <laughs> oh, no. Those emails have got to be douche chill worthy. Oh, I yeah, want any plaintive email sucks. The Ugh. um, I stopped replying to anyone on email, and I stopped text replying people because, like, especially like I got I've got 
I have screen saved people that I've fought with, um, like, and, and, and like there was one guy that we we were we were friends. I was just say it was Jay Moore, and I'd never reply. Like he sent a bunch of when we stopped becoming friends, he sent so much shit to me that was very 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 uh, not pleasant, and I never replied to any of it, and I screen saved all of it. Cause I was like, I was like, I want to have record of this so that if I like go to like, and remember he read, said this to me. And so I, that's been, I, I've never, I don't reply to a lot of people cause I know that it's better to never say a fucking word. And now that I read that, I'm like, God damn it. That is the most <laughs> douche chill worthy thing I've ever fucking sent to people. <laughs> you should have read the emails I sent after Montreal last year. Really? Holy shit, man. Vermont Comedy Club, like three in like two oh, weeks. God, dude, if Comedy Club's really like, if, if they released the emails I sent when I was like emailing clubs, like, hey, I, you know, please let me work there and then just keep emailing. Yeah. <laughs> or I like, remember in the 90s, we <laughs> sitting in the offices of comedy clubs and the manager playing you the worst tapes of submissions Ooh. of people's acts. I think that I've been like, hey, I met you uh, at Montreal and uh, here's a song I think you'd like. <laughs> By the way, here's my avails. Bro, I got an email from Jen Kirkman that is fucking worth reading. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Ah, fuck. Jen Kirkman sent me, I mean, eviscerating. (laughs) Do you know who Jen Kirkman is? Yeah. She eviscerated me on an email one time. Eviscerated me. Like she, I did a pod. This is back when I didn't know what podcasting was. I did Jason Nash's podcast. He was a comic at the time. Now he's a YouTube star. And I did his podcast and I didn't understand that, um, that everyone could hear this. I didn't wrap my head around the idea that what I was saying. Was yeah, what's now, that like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah tell me I, about it. I talked shit about Paul F. Tompkins, Jen Kirkman, Howard Kramer. I talked about, I just, I just was like, I'm the fucking hot shit. Whatever I fucking said, I don't, I don't even know. So then I get on a plane. I'm flying from South Africa back to LA. I get on a plane and I'm like looking for something to listen to. And I go, oh, guys with feelings, Jen Kirkman. Oh, I like Jen. I, I, I forget that I talked shit about her. But I'm like, oh, this will be good. And I hit it, and it starts off with, who the fuck is Burt Kreischer? And I'm like, Whoa. and I'm on a plane. I can't do anything, right? Anything. And then, and then I realize I get, I get, there's no internet on this flight. I get home. I've had a 33-hour flight of me fighting with Jen Kirkman. But 33 hours. It didn't go away. I just got drunker and drunker and drunker and just started re-listening to her talk shit about me. Paul F. Tompkins is talking shit about me. Like, it is like, Almost now I'm like, I go, oh my God, if this is what Jen Kirkman thinks. And then I go to Paul Tompkins episode. I'm like, motherfucker. So I land in LA and I go to write Jen Kirkman an email. And I get, as I type in Jen Kirkman, I, I type, I, I, I go, oh wait, I've got an email from her. I'm looking for her email. I've got an email from her. And I'm like, oh, let me read this. And it is her destroying me in the most accurate way. You could ever destroy, like, it is so, and, and it, 
it floored me. And then I wrote an email. I wish I could find it. I wrote an email apologizing, like going, because I, I was like, I am so sorry. I'm a fucking asshole. And then she didn't reply for like, she didn't reply for like, uh, like four months. And then four months later, I just get an email going, hey, I read your email four months ago. And I was really cool. And I forgot to reply. And I'm replying now. That was really cool of you to do that. I really appreciate it. And then, and then for Paul F. Tompkins, it took fucking 18 years for us to get over it. Wow. Damn. I was sitting in Chicago at a fucking, at a, uh, and by the way, it, it was, me and Paul F. Tompkins were so bad that, like, if, like, I, I, if I see him, he, I, I was with Ari one time, we're on the, at the patio of the store, and Paul F. Tompkins is walking down the street, and we're doing a podcast, and we're drunk, and we're high, and I go, oh my God, Ari, here's Paul F. Tompkins. And he goes, you, you know him? And I said, we have beef. I'm going to clear it up right now. I'm going to apologize to him right now. And I, we're on the mic, and I go, Paul. And you just very clear him go, hear him go, nope. And he just keeps walking. And we're like, holy shit. So then Ari does a deep dive and finds out that Paul really fucking hates me, and he's letting it be known. And, and I'm like, holy shit. So then I, 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 whatever, I end up talking shit about him, I'm sure, again, a few times. And then I'm <laughs> sitting at a fucking, I'm sitting at a, at, a, at a restaurant in Chicago. I'm doing the Schomburg Improv. And I get an email from Paul F. Tompkins. And I'm like, what the? This is like, this is like four years ago, right? I get an email from Paul F. Tompkins. And it is the most eloquent, like, rational email of like, this is my perspective of the night that happened. This is how I believe it went down. I'm certain that you believe it went down a different way. I don't, I'm not saying that one of us is right and one of us is wrong. What I'm saying is, this is stupid for, us to dislike each other for something we don't, you know, like this is bullshit. And he was like, I sincerely apologize. I hope we can get past this. He's like, I'm not trying to be your best friend. I don't really need to know you. I don't need to hang out with you. But the fact that, that we have a problem with each other is ridiculous. And I was like, I was like, whoa, who the fuck? I was like, is he going through sobriety or something? And then I, was like, <laughs> and then I, re I replied back. I was like, you're right. And you're a bigger man than me. I should have sent this a long time ago. And he was like, I'll never say a bad word about you. Please, I, I, all I ask is you to do the same. And I was like, of course. And I was like, hey, by the way, I'm still a fan of your stand-up. Like, whatever. And he was like, yeah, you're, I'm not, I don't like what you do, but I understand. No, <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Wait, yeah. so you sent music to people you met from JFL? I would say, well, not just JFL. Like, I would talk to people and try and connect with them on some level that wasn't stand-up, yeah. you know? And I'd be like, oh, you like the cramps. Well, here's a song that I think you'd like, or like a bootleg, you know? Just, I've oh. done that a million times. Yeah. Oh, and then they're oh, like, oh, we'd oh, love oh, to have you host. Oh. I sent a submission to Comedy Central uh, for to do a half hour. And my bright idea was I'm going to put a song that I know is a cool song at the front of it like I'll play that music up front and then they're going to go, Oh shit. He's got the same taste of music. We do. I got to get him booked on this show. So I played this song. This heart is on fire. It's like fucking a minute of a song before you watch my stand up <laughs> in the hopes that Ann Harris or fucking, or, or, uh, or fucking God damn it. I come, her name's escaping me. And she works at Netflix. Now she did my last special. Ann and what was it to, Women that ran Comedy Central for the longest time, Anne and I don't know, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Zoe Friedman? No. 
in the hopes that they would listen to this song and go, oh my God, I listen to this band too. Shit. Who is, cool who, is the, who is the band? Just so I can play this song when we're done. The name of the song is This Heart Is On Fire. I'll find it right now. I think it's Band of Horses. Damn. How man. did you know they liked this band? Doug, I didn't. I just figured <laughs> this is a cool fucking song. Did you did you Google cool music? <laughs> I was like, you know, they're they're fucking liberal. This is a liberal band. This heart is on fire. I know the song. This heart is on fire. <laughs> Doing stand up. Yeah. <laughs> Were you wearing a duster like Hick? <laughs> Were you wearing a shirt? <laughs> Bro, I, for the, the amount of times I've done things where I'm like, I get home and I go, why did I fucking speak? Why did I fucking speak? Yeah, every day. <laughs> yeah, dude. Every day. I, That's why I, they tried to give this native guy the fake handshake and he oh, grabbed my yes, hands. <laughs> dude, tell this is so fucking funny. Yeah, what? because this guy came over and uh, we were worried that he was going to block some cock. I'm not saying for who. But uh, I was like, I'm going to give him the fake handshake. You know, the thing where you go for the handshake and put it in your hair. <laughs> and Shane was like, do it. Do yeah, it. he was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I was like, dude, you have to do that. So then when he went to do it, I wasn't looking. Yeah, it, it was, was like just this. him and the guy by themselves. Give me your hand. Yeah. So <laughs> I go for it. And the guy like grabbed these three <laughs> fingers. And then I had to yank it out and do the fake handshake. And then I was like, oh, I'm very sorry. And I just, all I heard was him go. Oh, I'm very sorry. I turned around. I was like, holy shit, you actually did that? Yeah. <laughs> <He's> psycho. <laughs> uh, the fact that he got some he, of your hands. like got trying the hand. to do it too quick and somebody got your hand. Yeah, well, I didn't know he was a native. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. True. God. God. Hard shy handshake. Yeah, it was cool. Oh, that's good? Here we go. Um, we're fired <laughs> up now. That was great. <laughs> we meshed, Bert. Yeah. You guys, I wish I was with you guys. I'm fucking... Ugh. You can make it. Bring that uh, COVID down here. I'm clean, bitch. I am so clean. I'm, I'm working with not. 150 yeah. people who are in face shields, masks, and smocks. <laughs> I've been sharing air with Gillis after he let everyone spit in his mouth in Salt Lake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, you got, have you guys gotten a test yet? No. no. My wife gets tested at the hospital. I bear back here all the time, so... If, uh, you know, if she has it, then I would have it too. Oh, I, I, I came off the road and I was like, I was like, I had sex with my wife immediately. She was like, are you sure we should be doing this? I mean, you have been in like nine of the hottest spots in the country. And I was like, ah, oh, we'll be fine. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I would rather give you coronavirus and get this evil seed out of me than <laughs> fucking sit with it. Ugh, I'm I'm trying. I'm legit thinking about getting a private jet to fly me home, so I don't have to quarantine. Because if I fly commercial, you got to quarantine for five fucking days, and and I, I don't want to, dude. Because yeah. I didn't. I went straight to a show. Yeah, I'm flying on I Frontier from, tomorrow. I flew from New York City <laughs> to Salt Lake and did a show and a meet and greet. <laughs> a meet and greet. <laughs> yeah, baby. I just killed a bunch of fucking Mormons. <laughs> and you're coughing. Well, that's because I've been hanging out with you smoking carnies. <laughs> Carny folk. These desert freaks. When we got here, they made us legit quarantine, right? Like it was like a, an imposed quarantine. And so we get into the room and I'm like, 
all right, you know, I'm going to organize my, my suitcase. I'm going to organize my backpack. And then that night I'm like, and I'm not drinking. So I want to be healthy. Right. I'm trying to lose weight. I'm about to be show. I was losing my fucking mind going through Xanax. Like it was fucking nobody's business. Like just gobble. I mean, I have you ever taken a Xanax and then you go, why am I not feeling it? And then you're like, time to double down. And you take another one at two in the morning. And oh, then yeah. you're like, yeah, and then you're like, every drug ever, <laughs> every time. Oh, it was a fucking nightmare. And so the, but that five day quarantine was so unbearable by the end. They were like, Oh, you're allowed out of your room. Now I wasn't allowed out of my room. And so then, and then I was like, where can I go? And they're like the parking lot. I just started walking in the fucking parking lot, just walking in the parking lot, just fucking walking in circles just to do anything. Yeah. At least you looked insane. Let's go. I looked a sweatshirt on. (laughs) No pants. Oh yeah. It's, but now it's, now we're working. So it's a lot better. And, but the meals are delivered to your door. They drop off a meal at your door. It was like being in prison. And so I was like, I'm definitely not doing that. I'd rather spend fucking 20 grand of the money that I'm making now to go home and be with my family as opposed to fucking $3,000 to fly first class and then, but still get coronavirus. Like, fuck that. Yeah. I bought a seat in the front row of a frontier flight. So I know what you're talking about. Oh, I was, I was last night. I was trying to convince Snoop to go halves on me with a private jet. And he's like, uh, he's like, I'm not even going back to LA. And, and I literally was like, I'll go where you're going. <laughs> where do you want to go? Are you going to LA soon? Cause we'll hang out. And he was like, Hey man, I'm going to my part of the show. I assume. Yes. Yeah, Snoop's part of the show. He is an interesting fucking dude. He is. Hey, what Snoop. I turned on Snoop this year because in NHL, the video game, yeah. Snoop's like EA just added Snoop to be a guest announcer every like five games. Yeah, and every single time, like I'll be by myself and just be like, "Fuck Snoop," because he just <laughs> for some reason it bothers me. It's the same clip every single time. Does anybody care about this? Probably not. No, no, no. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't that bad. This podcast is brought to you by Fight Camp. Do you get bored with your workouts? Are you looking for a workout that keeps you engaged, learning, excited, and motivated? A workout that never gets boring and is always challenging. If that is the case for you, then you've got to check out Fight Camp. Fight Camp brings the boxing gym to your living room. They provide all the gear and top trainers, everything you need to get great workouts in. The boxing workout has always been ranked as one of the best ways to get in shape. It is true. That's why fights last so short, because people get gassed so easily. And to be honest, it's one of the most fun ways to combine cardio and strength training. It comes with all the gear you need, the best freestanding punching bag on the market, great boxing gloves, quick hand wraps, and their unique punch tracking sensor that shows you real-time progress and stats on any iOS device. It's great for your kids. You're trying to keep your kids in shape while they're staying at home. They offer kids gloves because it's meant to be enjoyed by the whole family. It's one of the only workouts that kids can get involved in, unlike weight machines, cyclings, treadmills, workout gear at home. Sometimes it can be dangerous and not the right size for kids. Watch yourself reach new milestones and bring that goal-crushing mentality to every part of your life, complete with a leaderboard with thousands of others. And you can learn from six highly qualified trainers, ranging from pro MMA fighters and mother of two to a kickboxing world champ. 
the new boxing. Their 12-week starter program teaches you the fundamentals of boxing while you get a great workout every time and the best buy now and pay later. You can try work their workouts for free by just downloading the Fight Camp app and selecting the workout of your choice. It's a great way to test your test your trainer or buy now and pay later. Use a firm financing to get your gym right away. Make easy monthly payments and the gym is yours. You keep it at the end of your term. Plus, if you're approved for financing, you pay less than $100 a month, which is way cheaper than any boxing gym you're going to find. Plus, you can save on the commute and the time and the gas, and you're not going in the gym. You're just staying at home. And since you have up to five accounts per household, you can also get a full boxing gym for the full family at just under $20 per person. Fight Camp offers flexible financing for as low as 0% APR. And right now, as a limited time offer, you can try Fight Camp for 30 days with their money-back guarantee. Go to joinfightcamp.com slash BERT. That's right. Try Fight Camp for 30 days, and if you don't love it, they'll refund your money. Train like a fighter. Turn your sweat into results to try Fight Camp for 30 days. Just go to joinfightcamp.com slash BERT. That's joinfightcamp.com slash BERT. Do it. I am definitely doing this. Now I just keep thinking of uh, old emails I can look up from other people. Oh, dude, go back. Old emails is fun. You know, it's like, I, I'll tell you nah, one of the, one of the best. Game. You know what? You want to know a fun game. You want to know a really fun game. And this, and I did this as a podcast for a while is go to, so go to this right here, right? Now open your Safari and oh. then go. You were close to a Pornhub. To this corner, bottom corner right there, and scroll at the things you've Googled on your phone and then ask someone going, okay, Chris Lee knows best. And you're like, what the fuck is that? And then I go, oh, this is a show that I saw about this real estate developer in Georgia who I think is gay. And all everyone's got frosted tips and fake teeth. And so... But I did that as, as, a, as a podcast. I did it called Open Tabs. I just leave up all my tabs from the weekend from Safari. And then I get to the house and I, I just go through and close them. And as I close them, I would tell you what I learned over the weekend. And man, I Google. I ha you'd have to close the ones like, uh, like Amy Schumer's a thief. And you're like, okay, I gotta, no one wants to know that I Google that. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> fucking Dusty Rhodes, Van Damme. Mickeyed, I got. I, I wrote that one because I had to write a joke. I wanted to say something about Jay, uh, Big Jay getting roofied, so I called him. Um, I said Mickeyed Mantle Gene because we both got Mickeyed, but no one got it. And I was trying to think of what we could call an Eskimo brother of some people that got roofied together, and I called him a Cosby brother. But it yeah, know. that works. Huxtables. Chris D'Elia's on this. Wasn't that what was the Cosby? I guess Cosby was their last name. Good show. Um, <laughs> sorry, dude. I'm, somebody had to come on and carry your episode. <laughs> I'm an author. I'm not a comic. True. Yeah. Remember that, Wraith. listeners. Wraith. You know what Wraith is? Oh, I thought you said rape. I was like, yeah, man, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about it. You Googled it? <laughs> Here, do this. Sam, grab Shane's phone and go through the stuff. No in fucking hell, dude. <laughs> grab Doug's phone. Find this shit he's Googled, and we'll just casually go through it until you tap out and go, Nina Ross. You know what Nina Ross is? No. So Nina Ross is a playing a card game to the rank of nine. And so it's a card game. And so 
I was going through Snoop's lyrics because I was I got to ask him all like I've been I've been literally I mean I've been a fan of Snoop's my whole fucking life but now I've got access to him so I'm getting to ask him all the lyrics I never understood in all his songs so and and then I'm I'm going to lyrics that I misunderstood because I thought there was a wrong this song this lyric in the song where it goes I drop rhymes like potatoes and he was like what. I was like, you said you drop rhymes like potatoes. He goes, no, I don't even know what you're talking about. And then we listened to the song. He goes, I said platoon. And I said, oh, I've always thought it was potatoes. And he was like, why would I say fucking potatoes? I said, that's why I'm asking you about it. But there's a part where he says Nina Ross. I didn't know what Nina Ross was. And it's a card game. I've never heard of this card game. It's, I I think it's a card game. Carrie Von Eric. I've been Googling. One of the the judges is uh, Dusty Rhodes or uh, Cody Rhodes. Oh yeah. So I, I've, now I have access to all this fucking great wrestling history, and I'm not even a big wrestling fan, but I am obsessed with Kerry Von Erich. Yeah, I'm he's sad. had a real bad time. He's dead. Uh, this is the earliest one I could find with Rogan. I wrote to Rogan. This is uh, November of 2004. Dear Mr. Rogan, I write you this evening, pie-eyed drunk in Chicago, to suggest what should be obvious. We should run for the office of president and vice president of the United States of America in 2008. I have no delusion that we could win such an election, nor am I under any false belief that we could do anything that would resemble an adequate job should we be elected. Yet I honestly do think we could bring a level of logic that could not be ignored to the Super Bowl of humanity. We never expected to be where we are today. Why not take one ugly stab at the top just to say we did it? And he wrote back, I was just talking about running. Fuck it. Let's roll the dice and see what happens. This could be really fucking interesting. At the very least, it'll start some people talking about some shit they would have just let lay. It's not that great, but I, who else? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of people I, like I first had interactions with that are now. Rogan's a good one. I'll see my my earliest email to Rogan. I'll see what it is. I like that you told me to do this thing on your phone and pull up Safari. I just told you I have a Hotmail address. You think I can do anything with my phone? Oh I'm yeah. Surprised anyone's using Safari. That's the biggest revelation. I don't. I don't know what that is. I'm a Chrome guy. <laughs> <laughs> All I don't right. know what that is, but this is one of them. Doug also signed that that email, Douglas Stanhope. Trying to be mean, dude? No, it's just funny to use your whole name or email. Yeah, well, I said, dear Mr. Rogan. We were doing the man show at this time, so it's not like it was. Those were the days, man. <coughs> Simpler time. <laughs> when men could have a show. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. What'd you find? <laughs> I found something worse than a bad email to Joe. Oh, what could that possibly be? I saw. Wait, what's this? Last night I had a dream that I went to a big MMA event and there was this group of Russians. I used to record my dreams. I'd wake up and I'd record my dreams into my phone. And so I sent, I just realized I sent an email to Joe. I forwarded an email, but the whole thread of everyone talking about Joe was in the, like, and this is from, this is from 2000, 
and 14. No, this is 2009. I sent a, uh, an email to Joe. I was, it must've been when I was writing my book, maybe 2010. I don't know. And it's a bunch of people going, Hey, can you get Joe to write a blurb for your book? It would be really great to get Joe to write a blurb for your book. Like it's a chat thread of like all the agents going, you need to get a hold of Rogan. You need to get a hold of Rogan. And then I just forwarded it that to Rogan, like, Hey Joe, can I, and I'm sure he must've looked at it and then seen the 12 emails of people talking about him going like, Oh, fuck this. (laughs) (sighs) I was on, I was on one of those booking things for like entertainment max, like the new triple gigs. And this guy sent out the avails and then this dude reply all. And he was like, Hey man, I really need this gig. Like my family has been kicked out of their house, all this shit. And then the guy just responded like, I already booked it. Sorry. Replying all is, is no good still. My wife did that. We lost a lot of friends to that. My wife did that to a friend of someone. She wanted to like redecorate their house. And then she's just like, Hey, I'm attaching my friend Emma on this. And then, and then this girl, Emma read it and was like, Hey, remember that crazy fucking friend I had, Emma, who's out of her fucking mind? She'd be good for it. And like, wait, which one? And then my wife told like fucking three like stories in there. And then Emma got the thing was like, fuck you. Is this how you think about me? And I like, uh, no. Your Emma's husband was fucking awesome. I liked Emma too, by the way. I, uh, Shane's been making fun of me for bombing continually. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty fun. I'm throwing spaghetti at the wall. You're having fun. Dude. This is all part of your process. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just it'll come out in a book soon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Buy my book, everyone. Change my fucking life, bird people. It's going to yeah. be, uh, you, you got to get Rogan to read. I think, I think, I, I, part, here's, I was actually thinking about Rogan reading it and I was like, you know, Joe's so disciplined. I think there's a part of him that would really embrace and celebrate the fucked upness of the Billy Ray Schaefer character. And I think there's a part of him that loves guys like that a lot. But then the other part of me is like, I don't know if he, I don't know if he knows, I think it would make him very sad. I don't know if he knows how bad the, that those people are very real. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. He doesn't know they're out there. Like it, that, like, like I just, I think I got lucky to know those people and be one of those people for a long time. And I like, what did Ari say? Did Ari have say anything about? I'm gonna call. Let's call Ari and find out if he like his extent of the road. Because I really feel like Ari's extent of the road. This sounds horrible. Is getting paid like I'm guessing five thousand dollars a weekend to open for Joe. You know, I've never been paid five thousand dollars for anything. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know what Joe paid them, but I know it wasn't like it wasn't uh, eight hundred bucks. He paid them well, and he took care of them. And they went to MMA fights, and they ate steak. And I mean, Arya said one of the hardest parts is not opening for Joe because the money was so great and everything was so great about it. The lifestyle was so great that you're like, why would I go off on my own? Like, why would I go do a club for nine hundred dollars? when I can just wait till Joe does, if he does one date in the next three months, I'm going to make good money. I'm going to fly first class. Joe, I mean, Joe's always taking care of people that work with him. Like always. Like I remember him and Tom flew to Australia, like first class. I remember Tom being like, I'll I'll just like coach and take the money. But Joe's like, no, let's fly first class. We'll go to the fights. We'll go out to dinner every night. They buy an expensive bottle of wine. They eat with Dana White. Like Joe's like always taking care of his guys. 
And I so, got a question. Well, Doug cooks for us sometimes. Yeah, spaghetti for breakfast. <laughs> What's that, Doug? Spaghetti for breakfast. I, I know. Uh, uh, what are we gonna do for End of the World Part Two? Hey, I'm, I'm, I, let's let's do it. Let's do it. We gotta do it Zoom, I guess. We'll just go to Joe's new compound in Austin. Yeah, I'm su- I'm supposed to go there, but I'm hoping he'll forget I said yes. This is like that Snoop and Chappelle conversation, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm Donald Rawlings. Yeah, where I'm like, hey, yeah, 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 we should do that. Yeah, that sounds cool. Everyone yeah, in the room should do that. Ari. <laughs> hey, I'm talking on a podcast with Sam Talent, Doug Stanhope, and Shane Gillis. Have you read? It sounds believable. It sounds believable. Wait, can you yeah. hear? Can you hear Ari? Yeah, I can yeah. hear. Okay. Um, I want to know because I'm curious. Have you read Sam's book yet? I read one chapter. That was all that was given to me. He wouldn't trust me with the rest because he knows that I flaunt copyright laws at will. <laughs> I sent you the PDF for the whole book. You're fibbing. Um, hey, it made a better story the way I told it. Hey, what's your experience with that that type of road? Did you ever have that, or was was? <laughs> I mean, I knew those some of those places. We talked about uh, crackers and shit. I like, I sort of got it, but they would never have me as like the road dog. I could only feature places for other people. Even like Segura, I featured there. By the time I got there, it's like I could draw 40, 50 people. Yeah, I was saying like, because I was like, your experience, I was because you and Joe was like, go in, fly first class, have nice dinners. There was never like, the, there was no loserness in it, right? There was never like, there was never like, oh, no show tonight, not enough people. Never once. Yeah, and Joe, I was te- I was I was guessing I miss, I miss that. I, I see those. I mean, I read that that chapter of the book I read. It's like it makes you like miss those times, even though they would have been shitty. Yeah. It's, oh, it's got like a, a romance to it that would have been pretty cool to have experienced. Oh yeah, I'm I I've I read the whole book. I read it really <laughs> quick. Would and, your daughter read it to you? How did you get through it? Yeah, no, I I read it with my readers on, and I was uh, like, and I was I was like, you know, I definitely like I said I was saying to them I was like I don't think. Segura experienced that lifestyle. I don't think Joe experienced it. And I was like, I don't think Ari experienced it really either. I definitely got it. The like drinking by, but I also think it's part of that personality of being. Yeah. Canane. I think Canane and Triple H do more of that. Like shows over and maybe a tell like shows over now. Where do we go? I'm like, eh, maybe I can hook with a chick. Maybe I'll go see a movie. If it's like a, a one show only night with like local comics, maybe go eat. But like, I don't know. My drugs were like daytime drugs. Yeah, and I was saying that when you toured with Rogan, I was like, he he always paid well and always took care of you guys. Yeah, yeah. We never had to figure out a way to get like <laughs> yeah, a meal paid for. The only problem was when he wanted to like party too long and I had to figure out how to like, pay, pay for like an $8 cab ride home. But I'm like, I don't have the money for this. <laughs> it's never as bad as that book, at least chapter 33 or whatever I read. The book is fucking amazing. It's pretty fun. Yeah, I'll read the whole thing. I want to read it in hard copy and not like, I can't read shit on a computer. Give me your address. I'll send it to you. Hey, Sam said if you give him your address, he'll send it to you. Can you sign it? Um, can you sign it? And can you tell me in the signing uh, what you think Bert's death day will be? <laughs> yes, oh. for sure. <laughs> okay. By the way, uh, I we definitely... Just, you know, we're on the same page, heart failure, but like, what the actual day? I definitely, definitely feel like that bike i that that i'm telling you man if had i never gotten into like doing podcasts or or if i kind of just 
was like, this is my journey. I could have been Billy Ray Schaefer. Really funny. He was written up in Rolling Stone magazine. He had a career. He was on like TV shows. But now he's just like a road warrior. It, it was amazing to me because I saw some of that stuff in there. Like, I, he did Letterman and stuff like that. And it was like, and I just remember all these guys that I would like look up to that, that had like, quote unquote, made it. Even like John Fox or people like that. I mean, you meet people who know them and you're like, no, dude, you don't want to be that. And then you like pass a Billy Ray Schaefer at some point where you're like, oh, your Letterman appearance wasn't like the end all. Yeah. And it's just like, it makes you sad for the, for the, the industry that we're in. I know. Up. You mean Kevin Brennan? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Kevin. I'm joking about Kevin Brennan. But by the way, for the record, Kevin's talked so much shit about me. I feel like I have a good birth to be able to say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> yeah, I told him to say a lot of that stuff, but um, but he was like, uh, "If you think it's okay," and I'm like, "He'll get it. Don't worry about it." No, I Kevin Brennan was the first guy I ever met in the business. Are you guys all in the pot? Is Stanhope on? Yeah, Stanhope's here too. I'm in the background. He's in the background. We're reading, uh, we're reading uncomfortable emails from each other that we sent when we were young to like young comics. So Stanhope read the first email I ever sent to him. And then um, I read some of Shane's emails. Uh, Oh, Shane wrote me one about it. Can he open for me? Uh, It was so sad. He was like, I got seven minutes. I'm sure I can make it to 10. Please let me open for you on your international tour. That's what he wrote. I just saw one the other day. All right. I never opened for you, dude. I know. I saw it. I was like, no, this kid will never open for me. And I made a reminder in my uh, iPhone. So every time I think to him, I'm like, nah, can't. I've opened Ferrari. There you go. (laughs) There you go. You got Sam Collins over there, mate. I opened Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. Bird opened for me in Nashville. Yep. The, now I'm uh, thinking, like, did I email Ari? No, I didn't fucking email of you, dude. Of course you did. <laughs> no, I didn't. You're I, a hungry social I climber. only emailed Bert. I'm not on a podcast, so it's got to be true. The, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's interesting to me, like, I go, of, of the guys, I mean, I can't like, Kumail Nanjani is not going to read this book and relate to any of it. <laughs> oh, no. Kanane would. Kanane is, is, is that, you know. I'm going to give you the For list sure. of comics that would go, would be like, does this really happen? Uh, Pete, <laughs> Pete, Pete Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> I even think Segura would be like, would be like, wow, I, I, I can't believe people get that bad. You know, cause he used I'm, to get down though, didn't he? No. Segura called me one time. He goes, I'm in Dayton. He goes, Hey man, I'm concerned. Do you really hang out with the staff? And I went, yeah. What? And what? he goes, he goes, you like every night you party with the staff. I go every night. And he goes like every fucking night. I said, yeah, I go, what do you do? And he goes, I go to my hotel room and I go to bed. And I went, you know why? Why? Okay. He's, he's got some Argentinian in him, uh, his descendants. And they think they're the best of the Latinos. They, they look down their nose on other Latinos. And so he's internalized that. He thinks staff, they're working people. I can't be seen with them. Uh, and I don't respect them as like full humans. That makes sense. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. Personal theory. Yeah. He goes, he's someone that just goes back to his hotel room. That's crazy. And the goes to sleep. Is the best home. Is that? Only reason I ever did the fucking yeah. road at one point. Oh, if they do a lock-in, that's my favorite. You do a lock-in where it's like, guys, go whatever you want. I'm tapped. Just fucking drink all you want. We're here playing cards, smoking. Uh, we're just in the club now. Dude, the, all this. Oh, it's so fun. It's so funny because you read this book and there's parts of it where you go, 
That is so sad. And then you remember you doing an exact parallel of that and going, but I was laughing hysterically. My first time in Dayton, my very first time in Dayton, I party my dick off. I'm, by the way, this is hardcore inside baseball and secret time. I have my biggest competition in the world at that point, and this night is Josh Sneed because Josh Sneed sold shirts, and all they kept doing was bringing out how good Josh Sneed was, how he's the best comic they've ever had. And my goal is to like for them to go, I leave that weekend and they go, Burt Kreischer is the best comic that's ever been through here. And I got so drunk with them the first night, I fell down the flight of stairs in Dayton. <laughs> I fell down a full flight of stairs and was laughing hysterically. But you know that there was someone that was like, this guy's not going to make it out of here alive. This comedy uh-huh. business is uh-huh. going to kill him. Oh, yeah. And then somebody else was like, Josh Neve fell down the steps way better than him. Dude, that's the other thing. Can I tell you one thing I wish that you had had more of in the book was those silent competitions you have with other comics when you see their headshots and you're like, you're like, what the fuck is this Chad Daniels guy? Like, how the fuck is he? Like, yeah, Greg Warren. Who the fuck is this guy? Oh, yeah, he's, I was like, he, how does he get booked? I can't get booked anywhere. Who the fuck is Greg Warren? He's clean. He's, guy. he's clean. He's, yeah. he's parties with his staff. He really, he's a great, great guy. Let me tell you about the Raging Cajun. This guy, you know what he did the other time? He brought the staff on stage and he turned his back to the audience and he thanked the staff. And I'm sitting there going, fuck John Morgan. I'm, a, I'm fucking like in my head. I had this silent fucking fight with John Morgan that is a totally one-sided. He doesn't even know I exist, but it's because some staff members like he's the funniest guy I've ever seen. And then all of a sudden I'm like, fuck him. I'm the funniest guy you've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, by the way, I named everyone I liked, by the way. And then you'd hear stories yeah, about, you'd hear stories about, uh, about uh, J-, J Medicine Hat, and they're like, yeah. those are my favorite ones because they're like, J Medicine Hat would, they're like, you know, sometimes he comes on stage and he's like, I'm not feeling it. And he just goes back to the green room. Wow. <laughs> I was like, really? Wow. And they're like, hey, he tries to hypnotize a couple people and he goes, the room's got bad energy. I'm out. And he just goes and the show's over. I was like, do you realize how often I would do that? You know what I liked about the chapter I read? What's that? It's that there was a moment where he talks about, and this is like lost in the fucking, as, as comedy loses its outsider, outlaw kind of mentality. But like, there's a moment of like, I don't know if I can get these people. And then you really, he caught a riff, he caught a fucking, uh, you know, a good you know, riff. And then he just like built it into like the rest of his material and he got the crowd. He got a fucking dead crowd going. And it's like, when you're there with no fans, nobody knows you, and you're like, how do I turn these people? I can't rely on they've seen my this or they follow my this. It's just like, they don't know me at all. How do I turn them? And then the ability to turn an unturnable crowd is like, that's the magic of Santa to me, and that's completely lost in those fucking theaters and clean, glossy uh, fucking way it is now. Dude, yeah, I was Sam in- wrote that based on a fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I was in, I was in Miami opening for, I was, I was headlining. I was co-headlining with Steve Trevino, right? Opening, yeah. And uh-huh. he was going before me. I was closing. <laughs> we were both doing 45 minutes. He would not switch it up. He did not want to switch it up. He goes, this is your show. Out of respect, I don't want to go last on your show. And I was like, okay. And I was bombing so bad, 
so bad. I had never bombed like that. The kind of bomb where you walk back to the condo and you're like, I don't think, I think I forgot how to do stand up. <laughs> and, and, and then the next night I pulled an audible on stage. It was entirely Latino and black audience. I pulled an audible and I brought two more stools on stage or two chairs on stage. And I just brought up a black guy and a Latino guy. And I was like, I've been here all week. I'm bombing like fucking crazy. I'm going to say my act. And then will you please translate it to your people? And they're like, and they're like, what? I was like, I'm going to say something. I don't know how your people speak. So you say it to them. (laughs) So then I go, and by the way, so aggressive. And I just go, I was talking to a young lady the other day and the black guy goes, man, I'm spinning game with this. hoe," and the place goes, fucking bananas and then the yeah. cuban guy just says it in spanish i did my whole act the black guy would translate the and the cuban guy would say it in spanish and it was it murdered so fucking hard yeah, it's it, the best laugh it's an like earned, it's an earned laugh it's just like oh this will work yeah 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 i i Who's you know Billy what, Ray Schaefer, sam is that you in a way or is it just people you've met no, it's all those stories that I've heard on the road uh, and a bunch of like broken down husks in Denver that I've known. Right, right. I mean, every I comic knows one of those guys, or at least like five of those guys. Yeah, sure. You've worked with them here or there. It's like you meet them and you're just like, whoa, what is your life? Or like, or like somebody trying to like get a bunch of money from an opener to start a t-shirt company. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like one of these guys. Yeah, they teach a comedy class. I, mm-hmm. I told, uh, I was talking to Dave Williamson, Dave Williamson tours with me, and we were talking uh, one time about horrific comics that you've worked with that are just out of their fucking mind. And I go, dude, I worked with this guy one time who was selling bottle openers uh, as wedding rings. He was, his pitch was, hey guys, anyone that's married, I got a ring. You can change it out from your wedding ring. You can wear this ring instead, but it's got a bottle opener on it. I go, what kind of a fucking idiot? And Dave goes, that was me. And I went, what? And he goes, I was the one selling those rings. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then. the best too, because then you try to backtrack. You're like, no, no, I already fully said my opinion of it. Yeah. And then he just cracked this beer with his wedding ring. And I went, oh shit, it was you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I got to get a COVID test. So I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Uh, Sam, send Ari the rest of the book. It's fucking awesome. It's a great. I will. I'll text you and get your address. Send me a real copy. I'll send you an address. All right. I'll talk to you later, Ari. All right, buddy. Um, uh, I really, I really love the book. I hope that I hope we sold it to the people enough listening. Um, I think we did, right? Yeah, I think so. Early on, give a give a give a give a give a pitch. A what do they call it? Uh, airplane pitch of your book. Elevator. Elevator pitch. That's it. My bad. Fuck airplane's me. a long pitch. <laughs> no, give us a, give us a fly to Europe airplane pitch. <laughs> yeah, give us a six hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Billy Ray Schaefer is a debauched. I don't know. Let's go off the top of my head. Yeah, go off the top. Let's yeah, see. like uh, he's like uh, no. I was gonna read the back of my book. No, give us a pitch. <laughs> Look, he's the he's he's a broken down old comic. He's a bad dad, bad husband. All he has left is comedy. He's, uh, he's a ghost on the highway. He's a shade of himself. He's a scarecrow warding off crows. They're trying to eat his eyes out of his skull. And uh, he does blow. He gets in fights. He's out there. He's just trying to earn that $300. He's, uh, he's everything you don't want to turn into if you're a comedian. But at least he's still fucking funny. So if you love comedy, 
buy the book, do yourself a favor. The prose is amazing. Uh, it should have been reviewed by the New York Times. It wasn't. I'm still very upset about that. Um, Bert likes it. Doug Stanhope likes it. Doug Stanhope doesn't like anything except for gunmetal in his mouth before bed. Uh, I think it's it's by far the best book about stand-up comedy that's ever been written. And one of my favorite books I've ever read all around. Yeah, It is the best book about second to that Judy... Uh, what's oh, that? Judy Carter book. It really is the best book I've ever read about stand-up comedy. Without a fucking doubt, it is the best book I've ever read about stand-up comedy. And I... I, I want to real quick. Is his wife still attractive? Yeah, I think so because I think she she coaches volleyball, so I think she's still attractive. Okay. Yeah. Um, in, in the incident, um, it, it, towards the end when he's partying and he gets and he gets hit, was that the bouncer? No, no, that wasn't the bouncer. That was the guy who sold him the crack. Okay, can you the um the one of my favorite things that runs throughout the book that had my heart kind of skipping beats was his money, like his yeah. money. I from the beginning, I'm waiting for him to lose his bankroll at the fucking the swingers and the like, oh the whole fucking shit. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I was fucking nervous about that too the whole time. Yeah, I was. Uh, the bankroll is all that matters. That's what you're trading your time for. Is that lump of money in your sock? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I also, I mean, I I do not want to give too much of this book away, but there is one part when you talk about rental cars and that is the only place that he matters. Yeah. It's so funny where you, how you hang your hat on those privileged things you earn as a comic and you know, you met like you may not matter in the Amarillo fucking whatchamacallit, but because you're executive platinum on American, when you show up at that airport, you're a millionaire. You're a successful comic. And that, for me, was uh, something I didn't realize my ego needed. Like, I have lost all my status on American because I haven't flown all year. I won't have it, right? And I was like, oh, shit. That is something that meant so much to me. When I was a young comic, I could tell you times where I, I getting to the airport, and I was like, hey, will you check? Did I make platinum? Did I make platinum? Like, those upgrades? fucking shit i loved i loved that he did not give a fuck about cars i loved it because i don't give a fuck about cars so i never was like i was never like yeah yeah give me the escalade you know i was always like uh i love that and i and and i i loved the end and i saw it i saw it i knew it before i knew it i gotta tell you man i've never wanted cold beers more in my life in my life than when i was reading that the way he drinks a beer and and pulls a beer down i i was i was like the whole time bert you can't give this book away when you keep saying i don't want to give too much away it's so well written earlier you talked about uh fly boys bill burr told you to you gave the book away but i still want to read it yeah they eat the people yeah (laughs) okay i'm gonna read that it's, this book is it, so well written, even if you knew where it was going, it doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter at all. And it's crazy, like, the, the way he finds people who do drugs. It's so interesting that once you are broken, you find the broken people with you so fucking quickly that my wife would never be able to see it. But once you see it, you know how to spot out broken people. 
and that there's so many insights on this book that they just it was such an amazing book that I actually want to give it to my daughters when when like you know when they're older and go hey do you remember when like I wasn't there like this isn't what I did but just so you know it's really fucking close like <laughs> I wasn't this bad but man I was like and it's because yeah. so, my, my daughters have no frame of reference for what a comic does. I think it's a good YA novel. I think I'm going to try and get it into schools. That'd be a good move. It's I in prisons. So. It's in seven different prisons. I mean, it's a, it's a staggering work of towering genius. Just buy the book. You're going to love it. All right. I, I'm going to, I'm going to do a great so promo read at the beginning of this. I put it all over my social media. I don't know if that helped at all. I send it everyone. Did. I got a bump for sure. Uh, yeah. And if, uh, if you want to hear your own name a lot, you should, uh, Listen to my new book on Audible. No encore for the donkey. A lot of Bert Kreischer in it. Let's. Uh, I wish I could figure out how the fuck to use Audible. Well, how about one of your listeners that's already downloaded? Just uh, post the clips of just when I talk about Bert, so he doesn't have to buy it and then skip through. Okay, I'm on Audible right now. Okay, this is Audible, right? Uh, almost. Oh, oh my God. Doug, look what's at the bottom. There you go. You're doing it. What is this? So you sampled it. I have a sample. Is that that's yeah. not the book? No. 16 kicked off as the year that nothing could possibly go wrong. I wonder no, if the play it. Come here, Doug. The same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you sit through emails. Get in here. <laughs> um. All right, oh. I'm going to go get a COVID test. They're going to be here in seven minutes. And all I've got to right, take all the fucking lotion and towels away from my bed. Um, Sam, congratulations. It's an amazing fucking book. I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Thank you, Bert. I will do whatever I can to help you promote it. Um, yeah. Sincerely, if you, I'll put it I, as many times as you want me to put it on Twitter or my Instagram, I'll do it. Because I enjoyed it that much. I really do think every comic should read this. I'm going to give it a big glowing promo at the beginning of the podcast um thank you but, but you want everyone to go to your website and buy it right yeah and also by the time you have this up i'm gonna have the audiobook up there for pre-order so you can okay. mention that you can get the audiobook off my website too and i'm doing the first chapter amarillo yeah you got you got monday yep yeah i got monday just so you know eight of the 11 chapters are already done yeah so there's only three comics that are we're waiting on hey what are you drinking them. doug Whiskey, coffee, Bailey's. Fuck. It's not really drinking. I got to do a podcast with Bert at 8 o'clock tonight. Fuck. Get Bert to read it. He'd love it. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I should. Bert, yeah, Bert would love it. Oh, Bert. I just found yeah. an uh, email from him from 2007. It's really long, but it, it was just getting into conspiracy theory shit. He was kind of losing his mind, and he wanted my, <laughs> my input on some shit. Oh, that's fucking awesome. That's all. Well, I wish I was with you guys. I'll probably FaceTime you tonight if I start drinking by myself. Cool. We'll be yeah, here. Do it. All right. I love you guys. Congratulations, Sam. Have fun. Have one for me tonight. I'll FaceTime you tonight when I'm drinking by myself. All right, man. Thank you, Bert. I really appreciate right. it. Oh, of course. Of course. It's a great fucking book. I'll see you guys. Love you, baby. Love you.
This episode was brought to you by The Machine.